crazy little thing called love. Hang on. This thing called love. Can't handle it. Who's singing? Hey, brand new podcast. Include Leanne singing on that. Mm. It's so pretty. No bullshit. One time someone told Leanne she should actually never sing. That's right. It was the choir teacher. She told Leanne, what kind of fucking human being says, actually, you should never sing. Please don't do that again. She did. I had to take choir as an elective in my elementary school. It was a Baptist church school. So everybody had to sing in the choir. And she told me I should never sing in public and I should just mouth the words. What a horrible human being. And then another choir director told me that when I was a little older, too. Well, maybe they, maybe, well, I guess, you know what they say, Leanne? <laughs> someone tells you you have a tail, fuck them. If two people tell you have a tail, maybe you have up a tail. On you, maybe, maybe. Three people tell you have a tail, turn around. I've never claimed to be a singer. <laughs> I may have a good voice for podcasting, but I've never claimed. I did. Brittany Furlan's, Furlan's, I think I'm saying it right. Furlan's podcast. Yeah. And I wrote some freestyle lyrics today and I let her read my freestyle lyrics. Probably the most embarrassed I've ever been. What'd she think? Uh, she was not. She. I don't think she. She a singer? No, no, no. She's a. Uh, she was. I guess you'd call her an influencer. She's a podcaster now. But by the way, um, she, <laughs> she has nothing to do with today's podcast. Today's podcast is Tom Papa. No, she's a podcaster now. But she was big on Vine. I used to love her on Vine. Okay. And so she's got a podcast now, and uh, and I've been a fan of hers for like I don't know a long time. So I got lucky enough to do her podcast today. It's a really fun fucking podcast. Oh, good. And your boy told the machine story. <laughs> that's, really? That's what you know. I like a podcast. That's, yeah, you never tell that story, guys. Birdie Boy World Tour is this weekend in San Jose, Sacramento, Bakersfield. Next weekend, Indianapolis, Evansville, Louisville. No, not then next weekend. Med, you have the weekend the, off. A weekend off and then those dates. And then yeah. Medford, Massachusetts at the Chevalier. We've added three shows, I think. Mass Nantucket at Foxwoods. We've added a show there. Portland, Maine. I cannot wait to go to Portland, Maine. I might try to get us a trip to a lighthouse and then swim in the ocean. Oh, you're crazy. I'm all about polar plunges. You know yeah, that. Yeah, that's just. Hey, by the way, if you guys are doing any polar plunging, if you're if if you're doing like hot sauna uh, polar plunge, therapy and i know it's really popular right now with i think wim hoff but i i'm tried to do a little research on how i should be regulating this like how long in the sauna how long in the polar i can only last a minute in the polar plunge after a minute i am a fucking mess but please hit me up at bert at bert, bert, bert .com and let me know what you've been doing some guys are real savages i can't by the way i think my I, my water might be colder than some guys because I can do it if there's just a little bit of ice in there. But when it's... F Shut up, Leanne. Why do you... What? Because <laughs> you always have it worse than everybody else. Mine might be a little colder. <laughs> I definitely have cancer. <laughs> You're so <laughs> hyperbolous. Oh, everyone is probably wondering what happened with the heart attack yesterday. Oh, yeah. This is a good time to address it. I, I think we addressed it on Two Bears, One Cave, but maybe not as in-depth because it was just happening at the moment. So what happened was, uh, if you're curious, I was uh, I was in the sauna. I'd worked out. I was in the sauna. I was getting ready to go to do Two Bears, One Cave, and my manager, Reg, called, and he said, hey, um, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? And he was like, TMZ just called and, and said you had a heart attack last night. And I was like, am I, I was like, well, they definitely follow my Instagram stories because I posted a lot of food that causes heart attacks, <laughs> but I did not have a heart attack. No. And he goes, okay, great. I'm going to, um, I'm going to tell him you didn't. And I said, 
don't. I said, just say no comment. I don't really, I mean, in my head, I didn't want the press. What I wanted was a flood of texts and emails from people saying how much they loved me. (laughs) That's like wanting a cast when you're a child so people will pay attention to you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That actually might be exactly what that's like. It's like falling down a flight of stairs without putting your hands out to catch yourself. And then George and Isla, I told them about it and they were like, oh my God. Well, first, first, both of them said, did you have a heart attack last night? And I went, no, I'm right here right now. Like I'd be in the hospital. And they were like, oh, well, I don't know. And then Georgia was like, what picture do you think they would have used? She did. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. I would have gotten to experience. I would have gotten to experience a very traumatic scenario. It's almost like when you fly through a, a fucking stop sign and the car goes, zoom, just misses you by an instant. You're like, oh, my God, I have a respect for life. It's it's super crazy. But that non-heart attack moment that TMZ thought I had really kind of scared me in a very healthy way. I didn't have to have the heart attack at all. And I started getting very like. And you ate spinach twice today. I ate spinach twice today. I ate pork and uh, i not, think i've seen you eat spinach twice in the 18 years we've been together i've so eaten very fun. healthy last ever since that last, fake heart attack <laughs> last six hours <laughs> no I ate, I ate amazing last why are you <laughs> the fake heart attack was this morning <laughs> it was yesterday leanne no oh yeah it was yesterday <laughs> <laughs> i got a dolphin over here <laughs> oh like your laugh is any better than mine <laughs> My point is, I ate really healthy yesterday. I woke up this morning and you said- I can't believe that you made fun of my laugh. You have the goofiest laugh on the planet. <laughs> Who wears a gold chain? Shut up. <laughs> this is why, you know, a long time ago, Leanne was like, we should do a radio show together. We're really funny. I did? You don't remember that? No. I don't remember. A very that. long time ago. I think you're hyperboleing. No, I am not. You're hyperbole. You know, I hate what I hate about my memory is I remember specific things. It's a hyperbole. No, it's, it's not a hyperbole. <laughs> Do not, don't you dare start that as a fucking thing. Okay, I have leantics. I think you have hyperbolies. <laughs> it's a birdie boy hyperbole. <laughs> You are <laughs> the funny one in the relationship. I know. Me. How about my axe throwing skills? What? Wow, wow. I guess we're pro- <laughs> just promoing all your Leantics right now. We were in uh, wherever a- we were. I don't remember where Rochester. we were. Rochester, New York. Uh, a professional axe thrower came to my show and then invited us to a place called Axe and Ales. That's right. And we had a great time at Axe and Ales. Thank you to all the guys. Thank you to everyone. That came out for the first leg of the Birdie Boy World Tour. It was absolutely amazing. Burlington, Vermont, two sold out shows. And Burton. They, we went to see the Burton Factory. The Thank you, at, Mike. B- the people at Burton were so beyond generous. Yes. I mean, it was out of this world. I I I kept um trying to pay respect to Jake. I think I called him Jake Burton. I don't think that's his last name. I think Burton was the name of his company. But Jake, the the founder of Burton who had recently passed and was like beloved by them. Mm-hmm. And I tried to kept paying respect to him on stage by saying it's I I really respect people that think out of the box and he was an out of the fucking box thinker. 100%. And I was uh, but I hope I did that correctly. Um and then everyone in Rochester, everyone at Axe and Ales and then everyone in in Dayton. Dayton is not a dead town. I will always go there. For the rest of my life, I've been going there for 15 fucking years. 
and uh, I had a blast. And like I said this week, and then thank you to everyone at Sure Shots. Me and Steve Trevino talked about Sure Shots on the podcast. I went to Sure Shots, and they were ready. They had hot dogs. They saved buns for me. They did? They saved buns off to the side. And they're like, hey, listen, the hot dogs are going fast. We didn't expect 1,000 people here. I mean, it was, it was packed. It was so cool. It was such a great start of the trip. It really was. And I'm so excited for this week in San Jose, Sacramento. And I cannot wait to play in Bakersfield. And I'll tell you why. Because what we're going to do is we're going to do Bakersfield. And then we're going to go out and party. And then we're getting in the bus and we're driving home. I can't fucking wait. I'll be home Sunday morning to wake up with my girls, get on the treadmill, hot sauna, polar plunge. I should order 300 pounds of ice right now for Sunday morning. Oh, my God. This ice lasts 300 pounds will last one week. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. How much is 300 pounds of ice? Just shy of 310 pounds. No. <laughs> Dollars. Oh, uh, uh, depends. I get, a, I get a pretty good deal. Well, that was specific. 100 bucks. No. Yeah. 300 pounds of ice is $100? Yeah. That doesn't seem right. Delivered to your front door. Well, okay. North Hollywood Ice. Oh. Shout out to North Hollywood Ice. If you're looking for ice... They only deliver in pounds of 300, not in pa- increments, but like 300s are minimum. But if you're looking for cheap ice, and by the way, I say cheap ice. Inexpensive <clears throat> ice. Inexpensive. Well, I mean, well, it's, it's toilet water is the ice that you use. <laughs> it's gray you can't water. drink this ice. It's gray water. <laughs> it's gray water. <laughs> you're really killing yourself tonight, oh, huh? This is some seriously antics. <laughs> I love the hyperbole I came up with. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Hims. You've probably heard me talking about Hims for the past, I don't know, maybe three years now. They are dead set on helping guys look their best. And if you haven't heard about them, well, let me tell you right now, 66% of men start losing their hair by the age thir- of 35. And once you've noticed that your hair is thinning, it can be too late. If it's going backwards or you see a bald spot, the best thing you can do is prevent that hair loss. Do something about it while you still have some hair. That's what I did, and that's what Tom Segura did not. Let's grab this New Year by New Year's by the follicles, people. Here's two years of growth. See, a lot of guys turn to weird solutions. <laughs> or just shave their head, Tommy. A lot of guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing and shave their head, Tommy. When when they can turn to medicine and science for hymns is one-stop shopping for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. It's time to write a new chapter in your book. This chapter starts with you having hair. Hims has paired themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to treat hair loss. No snake oil pills or gas station over-the-counter supplements. Prescriptions backed by science. Hims was created by a guy who knew that some men health conversations are easier to have online than in person. That is 100% accurate when it comes to me. I don't want to do the awkward in-person doctor visit or some long line at a pharmacy. Hims connects you with real doctors online, which could save you hours, completely confidential and discreet. Answer a few quick questions. The doctor's going to review it, and if they determine it's right for you, they can prescribe you the medication to treat your hair loss that is shipped directly and discreetly to your door. This holiday season, let it grow, let it grow, let it grow with hymns dive into 2020 hair first right now my listeners can get their first month started free go to forhymns.com slash birdcast that's forhymns.com slash birdcast you heard me right my listeners can get started with their first month for free by going to forhymns.com slash birdcast forhymns.com 
slash BirdCast. Prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if the prescription is appropriate. Offer valid only if prescribed. Three-month minimum subscription. Additional restrictions apply. See the website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that's 4hymns.com slash BirdCast. This podcast is also brought to you by Mercari. If you're like me, you've got stuff, lots and lots of stuff, lots of stuff you don't need and you no longer use. Maybe you never use stuff that doesn't spark joy in your life. Now that the New Year's is here, it's time to finally deal with all that stuff. And I'm not talking about hiding into the closet or getting a storage unit down the street. I'm talking about selling it on Mercari. You know Mercari, the selling app that makes selling almost anything fast and easy So here's where you begin. You go through your home and you find all that stuff you didn't use in 2019. If you did not touch it for one full year, you don't need it. Phone in the drawer. Jeans you only wore once. Handbag hiding in the back of your closet. Listing it takes just minutes. You take a few quick pics, add a description, and boom, your item is connected with millions of buyers on the app. Macario will even email you a shipping label. When it sells, everything ships, so there's no awkward meetup with strangers, which is great. You know, it can get dark at night. People are a little weird. The app has over 500,000 reviews on the App Store with an average review of 4.8 star rating. So why not give it a try? Ring in the new year with less stuff in your home and more money in your pocket with Mercari. That's M-E-R-C-A-R-I, Mercari, the selling app. I want to thank all our sponsors. I want to thank everyone that listens to this podcast for allowing us to put ads up front and in the middle and not being an asshole about it, it means a lot to me. It really, really means a lot to me because that pays for this podcast. It pays for Halston. It pays for Andrew who books the podcast. And you get it for free. If you if you have a guest uh, that you'd like to get on the podcast, if so, you think someone would be great on the podcast, then do not say yourself unless you wrote a book or some shit or have a movie coming out. Um, hit up Andrew. Yeah, Andrew at BurtBurtBurt.com. Yeah, he books our podcast. Um, but yeah, today's podcast is with Tom Papa. I've known Tom Papa as long as I've been doing stand-up comedy. I'm, I've only became friends with Tom Papa, like closer with Tom Papa, since we uh, started. Uh, we live in the na- same neighborhood, roughly. Mm-hmm. He lives in the nicer part of the neighborhood. We live in the shittier part of the neighborhood. But we would see each other at CPK. One of my favorite Tom Papa stories ever. And, and if you don't know, Tom Papa was on The Marriage Ref. He tours with Seinfeld. He was on The Tonight Show all the time. He is a very successful comedian. He has a Netflix special called You're Doing Great out right now. It is streaming right fucking now. He's one of the top comics in the business. One of my favorite stories about him is I run into him with Isla and Georgia and Leanna CPK. He's with his family. Obviously, you know, I'm a person that maybe dresses a tad bit more eccentric or sloppy or with a little my own thumbprint. And Tom is more of a uh, collared shirt, khakis, nice shoe kind of guy. And uh, I see him and we say hi. And I walk over to his family and then Isla comes over to the table and says hi. And then we all sit back down and we go back to eating dinner with my family. And Isla says, what is that? What? Who is that man? I said, he's a friend of mine. And she goes, what does he do? I said, he's a comedian. And Isla turns back, gives him a once over. Swings back to me, shakes her head, and she goes, he looks like a cop. <laughs> <laughs> this is at the height of Isla Kreischer's, Kreischerism, Isla-isms, mm-hmm. when she was like firing darts nonstop. When did that stop? It hasn't stopped totally. No. 
But now there's like a, there's like a, it's amazing. I can communicate with that child without words. Yeah. You see her tell me today she wanted a drink? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's because you both go, hey, I need a. No, she just went like this. She went, she went. I know. <laughs> she said, then, you got you trained like a horse. And, and then I, I and, then, up, and then she, she makes eyes to me and then looks down at the cup. Eyes looks down at the cup. <laughs> I go, Whoever right. falls in love with her is in big trouble. Wouldn't you say? I'd hate to be that chick. <laughs> I think it's going to be a boy. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't care if it's a chick. But it's going to be one un unlucky human being who's going to get run through the no, fucking ringer. No, they will not. They'll be very lucky. No, I, they'll be lucky. I think she, she, if she, well, if she touches them, she's never touched me. <laughs> she touches me all the time. Yeah, because she loves you. And the, I think that she will not touch me. Well, it's because she's 13 and you're, and you're a male. That's what it's about. I tried to get in the shower with you. The, 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 oh, shut <laughs> up. That's, now that is a. What is Hyperboli. it? Hyperbolize. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. Hyperbolize. Can, can you please isolate and string together Leanne's laugh and turn it into a ringtone? Your laugh is so fucking perfect. <laughs> you know, somebody when I was a kid told me I should change my laugh because it sounded like a chicken. <laughs> Clucking. <laughs> Clucking. <laughs> that would be my mother. Are you getting sick? Yes, I think I am actually getting sick. Oh, yeah. fuck yeah. this. I think it's just starting, but I've been taking a bunch of emergency. I just need to go to bed early tonight. All right. Well, then let's put this woman to bed. I need to cut out the leantics. <laughs> Go to bed. You're killing yourself today. <laughs> I got to work out tomorrow with my trainer, so I got to get some rest. You going to work out if you're sick? Yeah. Okay. Watch your knee. The, uh, Shut up. <laughs> today's podcast, uh, he's got a special out on Netflix streaming right now called You're Doing Great. He's one of the top comics in the game working at a higher level than the majority of guys out there. He tours with Jerry Seinfeld. He had a show called The Marriage Ref. He's got a podcast. What's Tom's podcast? I've done his podcast. I wonder if he's still doing that same podcast. God damn it. I should know that kind of information. That doesn't matter. What matters is that his special, You're Doing Great, is streaming right now on Netflix. So do me a favor. Hit pause. Go over to Netflix. Hit download. Save that for the next time you're on the treadmill so you can watch it. Or just stream it live right now and then tell 10 friends about it. Tell 10 friends about it. That is the best thing you can ever do. If you want to support this podcast, support the people on here and help blow them up. Help them sell tickets. Go see them live. And, and that is what these specials are. They are a calling card to come see us live. Please see him live and watch him now on Netflix. Oh, his podcast is called Come to Papa. <laughs> Go see him live and watch his Netflix special. Special, you're doing great. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Papa. This is I always feel weird about all the death posting. Like there was a picture in the New York Times 
of everyone at the memorial that just sprouted out yeah. up that morning, you know, at the Staples Center. And the picture was of all, you know, the flowers and stuff. And half of the people in the shot were taking selfies and posting. Yeah. I'm like, so death is about content now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, what's so crazy. I, I watched, um, I try, I'm, I, I'm very, I, I, the, I think it's the older I get. I try not to be critical of people because I probably would behave the same as they would in any situation. Uh-huh. But I was I was on the treadmill watching. I was trying to watch. I was gonna watch the PGA Tour, and they all they did didn't even show the PGA Tour or the uh, the right. Corey Pines yesterday. They just showed coverage. Oh, right. and they they it's it seems archaic to me that they would have a news reporter on the scene interviewing people. Yeah, who by the way, I'm and this is why I don't want to be critical, but like people who found out he died, then got in their car and drove to go see the. It's smoldering. I know. And it's like, it just seems very like, seems like something I definitely wouldn't do. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe I, maybe if I was already driving that direction, I don't know. Yeah, you don't but know. But what is crazy is that they then felt it necessary to interview these people and go, so what did Kobe mean to you? And yeah. Some people were just there because they were wanting to see something. The they, event. The event. They weren't like, they had no relationship to Kobe. Right. One kid was getting in the background shot, trying to get on TV. Mm. And he was like this. And this fucking news reporter goes, son, can I talk to you about uh, Kobe's dying? And yeah. he's like, yeah, it sucks. And he's like, well, what did he mean to you? And he's like, and the kid was laughing. I was like, <laughs> it was so bizarre. Yeah. The one that killed me was, and by the way, once again, I'm trying not to be critical of this woman. Yeah. She, she, she was, she came it was like the bizarrest thing she drove to kobe's neighborhood yeah to the gate yeah to pay her respects uh-huh on behalf of her two sons and husband who were fans i was like wait what yeah this is a this sounds like and then this woman told the story tom where she goes she goes you don't understand i mean my husband was in a coma and then kobe had a really big game against the wizards mm -hmm. and 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 then a week later my husband came out of a coma. It was, no, it was like no, it was. Yeah. No, there was no connecting the two together. It's very difficult. The uh, death is a very you know it it jolts people in a weird way, and everyone reacts in this kind of like weird way. And who knows? Maybe my way of not posting anything because I don't know him as my best friend. Yeah, just to be a part of the posting of the day. Uh Maybe that's callous. Maybe that's cold. I maybe maybe it's like maybe people are like, uh, "Hey, why, why isn't Tom mentioning this big thing that happened today?" And you know, I, I there may be some people in the culture that I, I would do that with, you know, like if it was Jeter. <laughs> you know what I mean? I grew yeah. up in New York. I lived in New York my whole adult life, and it's like that was my Kobe in a way. Yeah. And while I love Kobe, uh, it just felt disingenuous to post something. But that's just kind of where we're at. It's like you can't really judge it because it's kind of the old man on the lawn kind of thing. Like, you know, maybe this is the way you do it now and it and then it's yeah. okay. And, you know, it, it makes you feel better. Maybe it makes you feel better posting something about Kobe, even though it has nothing to do with your life. You just feel the grief that everybody's feeling. And maybe it's okay. I don't know. But personally, I uh, I have a hard time with it. You know what stinks? is that um my this this is a morbid thought 
Uh-huh. But my kids will never have the experience that we had mm-hmm. when celebrities died before social media. Yeah. Meaning, well, I remember finding out Princess Diana died and it was, right. it was, we were out and it was, oh my God, did you hear what happened? Right. In a weird way, her death brought people together yeah. because people who did not know each other were sharing that information and, yeah. and consoling each other that were strangers. Right. Yesterday, I found out Kobe died, and then I walked over to Gelson's. Want yeah. to be around people for some reason? Yeah, yeah. I it's walked funny. over I to Gelson's. This. I was, I was at Gelson's too. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and no one was talking to each other. Everyone was just staring into their phones. Oh, that's interesting. And no one was like, because I, you- I had it. I, I landed as soon as I landed. The guy next to me, who wasn't talking to me on the flight, <laughs> who like he came in and I said good morning, and he didn't say good morning. I was like. Oh, this what's this guy yeah and as soon as we landed it had just happened like 10 minutes ago he said it it spread again amongst everybody in our little area yeah and then walking through the airport people it's all people were talking about it. all the really? drivers were talking about it and when i went to gelson's it was um the cashier and the the person bagging and the person before me everyone was talking like it did feel to me oh i didn't i i i was I could see people finding out on their phone. Yeah. And so I would see people going, what? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, and, but no one was talking. I brought it up to the cashier. I said, it's a weird day. She said, yeah. That's so weird. Can I just say something? Yeah. I was in Gelson's, the other Gelson's <laughs> near us. And I said, it's a weird day. <laughs> you know what's so crazy? It's the same like, exact thing. Any, if ever, but by the way, all I can think is that to think that comics would steal. No, they just have. We just are very similar types I of know, people. Exactly. That are the, we feel weird. Yeah. We need to Talk eat about something. Parallel thinking and lives. Holy shit! We went to the same chain. We <laughs> wanted to get something to eat. <laughs> and oh. we and our big icebreaker is weird day. Weird day. Huh? <laughs> oh. Yeah, but it it you know when um when John Kennedy Jr died when jfk God, jr died in the plane crash yeah i was in new york and it was before the smartphones so it was playing on tvs in the place where we were shopping for furniture and everybody was ga- it was like a movie you know like in, in superman like, when everybody like goes up to the window and yeah, or like when o- oj yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, everyone was around the a TVs. little tv yeah yeah it was uh it was like that so it is really kind of strange how it's just like this now yeah, it's such it- a weird thing and then my kids so we're all talking about kobe and my kids knew like instantly and they were sad they and then it becomes like who's got the who's on their phone the most then she was then you found out that it was daughter was involved and then you found out that how many other people were involved and all that other stuff and then i'm about to go walk the dog last night and i hear my two daughters going hey i hear the plague is in orange county from china they're like yay they're like going hands up. They're like, yay, plague. Yay, plague. And I was like, we walked outside. My wife goes, they have a weird childhood, don't they? God, that's so. <laughs> such a weird time to be a kid. They were researching the coronavirus when they found out Kobe died. Oh, the kids were. The kids were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, uh, I was like, I was literally walking out the door. <laughs> yeah. and, there, and my daughter's friend, Gabby, was like, who's Kobe Bryant? And I went, what? She's yeah. like, he died. And I went, wait, what? Right. And so it's just, it's. You no, know, it was the saddest for me was like, I heard it and it was kind of like, you know, 
but watching the Grammys last night. Oh God, I when, cried at the very beginning of the Grammys. Yeah, and when, when Run DMC came. was just holding oh, yeah. it up, like yeah. the jersey, the empty jersey, that all of a sudden it really hit me. It was so sad. It really, and you know, I I tell you, I got emotional today because I thought the uh, baseball coach John um, Jacob Jinkelheimer Schmidt, John Jacob, uh, no, the baseball coach that was on the flight with them. Oh, uh, John, was his name's coach? John something. He was a uh, uh -huh. he was a baseball coach, but his daughter played soft or played yeah. with them and he was with his wife what Altabelli. Altabelli. john Altabelli and his wife and one of their daughters were on that flight uh, they have another daughter uh, yeah. and a son but that that i mean i got emotional this morning going like yeah going like that i mean that poor fucking little girl is just like everything's gone for her i know it's, it's who's surviving that you, your heart really breaks for you know? yeah yeah like, like when I we mean, were we were in a flight with all four of us my wife and kids coming back from new york over the holidays and it was like well this is good i mean if this goes down we're all we're all good yeah you know grandma's not gonna be happy but <laughs> <laughs> but like when we travel by ourselves like if my wife and i go somewhere or if it's if ever split up like that that's the only thing i think about yeah I, it's so funny we were in when i was i was doing a, a tour in australia and uh the girls came down and to visit or to stay with me and we did a little bit of jumping around australia and sightseeing and then they flew off when i went to finish the tour and then put them on a plane <laughs> and i was with my tour manager Gavin and he said uh I just like just casually said man what would I do if that plane went down and he fucking it like hit him like a ton of bricks yeah. and he was like fuck man like what would I do if like then he started going what would I do if my son and my what my chick died like right. what would I do and then I started going well I'd probably stay in Australia I have no reason to go home right like I mean I, I, yeah I'd probably just drink myself to death down here like <laughs> Oh, yeah, and why then, even go back? Yeah, what am I going to go back? I'm not going to start over. <laughs> Jesus. But then you got to, yeah. Yeah, that's a good plan, actually. Just stay where you are and just kill yourself there slowly. Mine as well. It's like, yeah. fuck. It made, do you ever feel like, do you ever feel like. Uh, Sexy? No, the, the, I, I, I'm trying to put this in the right words. I, I didn't understand how vulnerable I could be until I had kids yeah do you ever look back at your choice to have a family and go go man that was i really did not know what i was signing up for yeah it's uh i had a i had an inkling though you know like i had an idea that this is going to be kind of free fall this is going to be like bigger than me kind of a thing you know I what did i mean not. i didn't have an i i didn't uh, but of course, like anything like that, like you can't plan for it. Like then now things pop up and you j I cry. I'm fighting crying all the time, <laughs> all the time. Dude. Commercials, movies, oh, don't things my daughter says, or like the old photos of the kids when they were tiny coming up on the computer. Um, I mean, anything, anything. I'm just uh, right now I'm looking at you and there's no reason you should make me cry, but my eyes are welling up a little bit dude there's there is there is a song there's a song um i uh i think it's dr dog i think I, i'm in the, um this is got to be probably four years ago maybe uh -huh. um we were doing i think we were doing renovations on the house yeah and i am i was in the man cave and i'm i'm back here i'm on the treadmill i have 
yeah. had a couple glasses of wine. Nice. And uh, music's playing. And and I was watching something. You know when your TV just goes, <laughs> it goes, um, it goes into the freeze mode and then old pictures come yeah. up as like a screensaver as they go flying by <laughs> and this dr dog song i want to say it's dr dog <laughs> no oh it's this is the oh this is the song this is the song <laughs> and pictures of my family is going <laughs> and and it's oh my god this i started sobbing so hard <laughs> did it take a while to build or did it just right off the bat Pictures of my little girls. Yeah. <laughs> and then just hear this like nostalgic music. And I am like, yeah, this is, a, this is a relatively happy song. <laughs> You're sobbing. <laughs> Cause it's a <laughs> funny things. I am sobbing, yeah. fucking crying. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna get emotional now. I am sobbing, crying here, uh, and I'm just fucking drunk as shit. I'm sweaty from the treadmill, sobbing, crying. And Leanne came in and she goes, "What's the matter?" And I was like, "I just, I fucked up. I was on the road too much. I should have fucking not been on the road." Uh, I told that to Steve Byrne. Steve Byrne last uh, night asked me the most innocuous question. He's doing a pilot. Yeah, and. He asked me if I'd be a part of it. And she, all you got to do is stand up and then he'd do a little interview. Uh-huh. And he goes, uh, <laughs> by the way, I'm, I'm, I am I'm, had a big day yesterday and I didn't know that I had to do Steve's thing. So it's at 1030 at night. So Oof. we had people over. We had a few bottles of wine. Yeah, Sunday So I night. go over there. I go, I don't have to do it. It's just a podcast. I'll be fine. Yeah. And I did fine until he asked me. He goes, you were, uh, you were like a dad before any of us were dads. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah. He was like, what did you, like, what was that like? And I, and I just was fucking way too honest. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I fucked up, man. I, sh- I was too worried about my career and I, and I just let everything go by. And I didn't, I didn't, I missed a lot. I missed a great deal trying to yeah. like, and he was, he was like, one, he was like, this is a comedy show. He's like, I'm trying to get this picked up. Yeah. <laughs> but this I, is the sad show. Yeah. I just was like, but I really feel yeah. like that sometimes like. I was in such yeah, a hustle. But I know, but you know what? So is everybody that has kids. They're out hustling too. You know, businessmen were doing it. Yeah. Business women were doing it. Moms were spreading their time. We we're all in a hustle. And the problem is you can't really hang on to those moments as as and make as much out of it as you really want to. You everyone gets to the end and is like, where did it all go? How did I do it? My parents say it. They weren't killing it in theaters <laughs> you know what i mean like we we all kind of have that feeling for sure well look at burr and rogan who are who are older dads yeah and like i, I just look at burn as i'm like he's doing it really well yeah like he's stopped drinking he's cutting back on cigar smoke uh-huh. i want to be there for her i don't want her to be raised in a house where there's drinking and yeah and and you just like i'm like i didn't know i just had kids and was like I got to make some money for these kids. I told, I think yeah. I said on this thing, one of my, one of my most stamped memories as a dad is were, were, you were never a poor dad. I wasn't killing it. No, but you were always could make, you always could pay. You had a house when like, yeah, I, I was, was poor dad at one point. Uh-huh. And that was like going to, uh, 
going to I'll never forget like we falling went, behind poor like falling behind in your bills poor no always paid bills but always paid bills uh-huh. but couldn't just splurge and right. it's like one christmas i remember going to toys r us and not being able to get whatever the fuck we wanted right and right. seeing other dads load up carts right and then feeling like a failure going like you were the brother in in uh national lampoon's christmas vacation i was the, you were the you were I the guy eddie. you were eddie <laughs> i was eddie i thought you were gonna say i was the the in parenthood i was the one who had cool <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. but like I, I so i and then i go yeah man maybe i don't know it's so funny i know i didn't put much thought into like having kids other than i knew i wanted to have kids yeah but yeah i, I and was then you yeah and then you had your shows i remember you talking to you in the at the comedy store and when you were made the decision that these travel shows really weren't for you anymore because yeah. they were, you're just like you were just like you were like you're not you could see like your nerves were raw you were like yeah. I, I i can't i i can't and it was yeah. like it was just pulling you too far away but i really do think that you know your kids are going to i remember john joseph do you remember that comedian from new york john mm-hmm. joseph he's a little older comedian played the guitar and his, he had a keyboard guy behind him and uh really funny really sweet guy and he was on the road a lot a lot like not you know this is like when we were starting like you know headliner comedy club guys that just went club to club to club from wednesday to sundays kind of thing and he was a lot and he had these two beautiful daughters and he really felt that that he was gone forever which he was and he his daughter was applying to college and wrote an essay about how great it was having a comedian as a dad because she knew even though he was traveling and whatever that he was special and when he was there it was deeper than what the other dads were giving and that he was more thoughtful and more fun and really looked at her and really got her and all this stuff and the being gone was just like a line, one line in the thing that meant nothing. That you, as this big fun dad, yeah. comedian, so much better. That you had to go and do all that stuff and to be happy and create your life. Those, I'm guarantee you, your kids are richer for it. I said that to I said that to Isla one time. I said, uh, "Do you feel like I drop the ball a lot? Like I like I'm sick? Well, I don't know. What do you mean? I was like, I don't know. Like." that i'm not there to like coach your teams or anything and yeah she was like no you're just a different kind of dad right she's yeah. but i was very blunt she's like some of those dads act like they're trying too hard and you're like <laughs> yeah i guess you can see yeah. that <laughs> right you would see it right when we were, they were really little and the dad would be like <laughs> jumping on the monkey bars and like getting involved in the water pistol yeah. fights with strangers kids it's like dude dial it back <laughs> What are you doing? You cheating on your wife? What's going on here? Something's up. <laughs> You're still a grown up crying out loud. How old were you when you had kids? Um, I guess, let's see. I would say I was like 30. I was like 30. Wait, how old are your kids now? Um, my daughter is uh 17 and 14. Yeah, if I'm like 15 and 13. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here the how old? Fifteen and thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, get ready to cry. Why? Two years. She's oh. packing up and she's leaving. Don't get me started. My daughter is gone. She is accepted to school. She is knows where she's going. She has the date, and she is 
packing up. And I, 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 <laughs> it's going to be horrible. I, She's literally leaving. I hate, we, 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 we got it. We got a new house because this, this house is way, the, way too, way too many people know where I live. Right. And so, and it was scaring the girls. And oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were just showing up at the front door. Wow. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I, it's weird. A lot of it's my fault. Uh, it's entirely my fault. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, <laughs> Did one, but I just I did. Just I was talking like, about it. Well, yeah, I just I would say things about <laughs> yeah. where I live, and yeah. people I mean, people would hit me up and go, "Hey, man, is this your house?" <laughs> like, just text me, and I'd be oh, like, no. "Yeah," and they're like, "I just get, found it. it." You can find out where anyone lives these days really easy. Yeah, really, really, really easy. <laughs> yeah, like they yeah. um they yeah. I, 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 I'm not gonna make it easy <laughs> to find other people's houses, but right, we got a new house, and Leanne was, was we were looking houses. She's like, "Well, you know." We don't want to get too big a house because, you know, in a couple of years, the girls are going to be gone. And the idea of being alone with my wife was terrifying to me. <laughs> like that it would just be me and her. And and that's it. No I, razzle dazzle, no sparkler. We like, know a guy just, who just went through that, like the, the, the last one left. Yeah. And he had to go out with his wife alone. He had to bring notes of what to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, because we all we talk about is our girls. On the, on the slide, because he was terrified to be alone with her again. I don't want, like, <laughs> I mean, she is a nice person, but, like, I can't imagine <laughs> that I could just live with her by herself. I've never done that. We've always had kids, I oh, feel really? like. Oh, really? You never? Well, no, we lived together for, we lived together for a while before uh -huh. we got, before we got married. But, like, she yeah. was younger then, you know? Totally. <laughs> She liked me more. She was younger. She was vibrant. We used to have sex all the time. What, like, what are we going to do now? Just, just I know. My wife literally eye. walked into my office this morning and said, I just thought of a, of a positive to her leaving. She said, I, we we're going to get our nights back. You know, now we have to wait for them to come home. We have to drive them. We always, we can't do anything. You can, you know, you're always going to be on call. She goes, we're going to have our nights back. I was like, yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's gonna be weird. Oh. I, I was like, wait a minute, I didn't want this house. I didn't want to live in this town. I didn't want any of this. <laughs> this was all for you. Oh. Yeah, and now I, they're just I, gonna split. It's weird. It's gonna be really strange. But also, I have to say, there is a little bit, and maybe this is me rationalizing it, but it does feel a little bit on time. Like it feels like the right moment. Really? Like she's she's getting big. She's smarter than us. Yeah, she has better eyesight. She can, you know, oh. she's she's got she's ready to go. She can't be hanging out in the beanbag room with <laughs> with us yeah. anymore. Like it's time for her to go do something. Yeah, you know what I mean. It kind of feels like people have thought this stuff out, this scheduling out, way before we showed up. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they know you should be you shouldn't drink before five. It's probably. They worked that out. Yeah, you should probably uh, not get married. You know, until you're in your twenties. Yeah, you, your kids are gonna want to go at seventeen. Like all this stuff has kind of been worked out. My daughter, my oldest daughter, is a very, uh, a very, I would say a nerd, but like very practical person. Uh -huh. Like very, very, very practical. Meaning, yeah. uh, you know, we just the other night, I'm like looking at cars, going, "Hey, we're gonna get you a car soon." What? kind of car are you gonna want and i'm looking thinking of for me a yeah. third car that i get to drive around uh -huh. so i was like we'll get and I, i'm you know i'm t totally fiscally irresponsible so i'm like get something fucking nice maybe get like a porsche huh <laughs> and she was like I, i've actually been looking at the the um 
the Chrysler uh, <laughs> minivan. And I went, huh? She goes, they're really, really like, it's a good car and they're safe. And they they drive great, Dad. And I'm like, no, I'm not getting you a fucking minivan. The Chrysler Pacifica is what she wants. I go, I'm not she, getting you a fucking Pacifica. She's not wrong. And then, and then, she, and then she goes, well, you know, I was thinking... I might just go to junior college for a couple of years, get my grades up, and then go to a, a bigger school after. And I, I don't know if I'll be ready to to be out on my own. Wow. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. When I was 17 years old, the second I graduated, the day I graduated, I drove to fucking Tallahassee. <laughs> right. I went, I went, got enrolled in summer school. I was like, get me the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm ready to party my balls off. Yeah. I had the funnest, my first week of college, I hooked up with five girls. The first fucking week, five <laughs> girls. The fifth girl I ended up dating for four years. Wow. I was like, I fucking. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But maybe she feels like she has to stay here to take care of you. Maybe. <laughs> maybe she feels like if she leaves you alone, it won't, it won't be good for everyone left behind. Maybe she's the grown up. I don't, my wife's like, oh, I'll go, I'll go on the road with you. Oh, oh. Yeah, hard fucking pass. <laughs> the fuck am I gonna do with you on the road? My, my my wife, I brought my wife on the road with me last summer we yeah. or spring, and uh, it was just a one nighter. Like I don't know, like out by Riverside or something, something out there, you know, a couple hours away. And we, oh, we'll go. We'll stay in the hotel. It'll be, you know, it'll be cool. And uh, as we're getting ready to go, it's not, you know, you go, you know exactly what's going in that bag. Yeah, last second, out the door, go. Yeah. All of a sudden, she's coming along. It's a thing. It's a weekend. <laughs> and at one point, she, I heard her yell. For, I'm just like, you can do this, Tom. You can do this. <laughs> and I just hear from the other room, should we bring our bathing suits? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> should we bring we're our not, bathing we're suits? Not, we're not swimming. <laughs> we're not enjoying. We're going to knock this out. <laughs> we're going to knock. Eat some wings and come home. We're not oh. doing activities. We're not getting on tandem bikes. This oh. is still a gig. Oh, that's so fucking great. Should we bring our baby? Any any comic goes, no, we're not fucking going swimming. We're going to work. She's coming with me. Leanne's coming with me to start the tour this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. It looks like a fun tour. It should be really fun. Yeah. Um, but she's like, uh, she's like, um, I got a maple syrup uh, tour we can do if you want. There's a big maple syrup place. Now, by the way, I'm fascinated <laughs> with maple syrup, but not enough to go on a fucking tour. And so, and then yeah. I'm like, and then part of me goes, like, I'm not that person. When I go on the road, I like to be in my room. Yeah. I like to work out, uh, write, drink at night, right. sleep in late. Like, I, I'm really kind of a homebody. Well, it's all about the show. People don't yeah. realize, like, anything you do during the day. You're going to be taking away from the show. Yeah. You are. Like you're sucking energy away. Going to the sightsee or do it all, you know, meals with people. How many times do you go to a city where you know people and they're like, you want to eat oh before? Oh, God, fuck <laughs> It's like, off. eat before. Yeah. Hey, I thought maybe, why don't you, why don't I make you a home-cooked meal? How about you go fuck yourself? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to your house to right. eat dinner. I'm good. Thanks, yeah, man. They have no idea what, what you're about go. to do that night. I love when people go, hey, if you need a place to stay, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna hole up at your place. We're going to bunk up like two ex-cops. The fuck is wrong yeah. with you? Yeah, you? You blow up the mattress. I'm on my way. 
Cool, man. I can wake up with your kids, too. Yeah. I can't fucking wait. Because I was going to sleep in because I don't have my kids, but I want to wake up with yours. Uh, oh, my God. God. Yeah. I want to feel <laughs> un- self-conscious about where I can take a dump. <laughs> I was. It's so funny. I want to be self-conscious on where I take a dump. You know what I mean? When I'm alone in my hotel rooms, I don't even like lift the seat. I'm just, I don't even flush. <laughs> right, exactly. I like to One build it up for the weekend. The <laughs> One flush on the way out as a courtesy. Uh, I was talking. I was talking to Greg Fitzsimmons once, and I was like, "I was like, man, I'm, I'm. I think he'd stopped doing Sundays, and I stopped doing Sundays. <laughs> yeah. I said, I kind of miss Sundays, and we talked about our Sundays on the road, and they were identical. Oh, really? I go, oh, yeah, man. Turn on football. He's like, unpack your entire suitcase and repack it and organize it. And I go, yes. He was like, just hang out in your room, watch fantasy football, have all your computers up. And I was like, Sundays on the road were so much fun. Pretty sweet. Because you could get everything organized for your Monday morning flight. And then you went to the club, did a show. I, and then and then Done I was early. Oh, one show. One I used show. to go into clubs. I told this to Bird the other day. I used to go into clubs and uh, on Sundays and get on stage and say, I'm going to be up here for an hour. Let's see if we can drink all of their white russians <laughs> and so everyone would order white russians and man <laughs> you, fucking, i'd have like six white russians on stage i mean it was oh yeah i'm just burping and farting there's so much milk but we would we would drink the fuck so out much of milk so much milk gross oh god oh. how are you doing with that now so, are you I've been, when you when you go tour are you gonna be how hard do you go? Uh, and it, do you feel like that you feel like you have to go because people want you to go? I think people, I don't, I think people, like I know for a fact that people get bummed, like during Sober October, that you people get genuinely bummed that I'm not partying. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm, I'm the same fucking guy. Yeah. Because um, Attell went through that. Yeah, he went through it. He went through it. And I think it ended up making him want to quit drinking. Yeah, right. He sobered up. Yeah. Um. I go pretty hard, but not as hard as people assume. Like, I, I think people think, like, I'm always shocked at people who can't get their shit done and alcohol gets in the way of their life. Yeah. Because for me, it won't. Like, I right. just, I will not, I will not drink before a show. Yeah. I won't go day drinking. I don't have a beer at lunch. Right. Like, I like to work out hard, really hard for me, obviously, not for like Rogan or anything, but yeah. work, work out hard. I like how Joe's like all of our yeah. benchmark of like, he posted something the other day of like, he had to do the night off and he was just like, I just had a monstrous workout and I was just like, and now I'm relaxing at home watching this fight. And I was like, oh, and I had just gotten back from the gym on the road yeah. where I was just on the elliptical for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, monstrous workout. It like, what was that? <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? You know, he, he, we, we just can't compare. He burns, <laughs> um, he burns, just to, to put this in perspective and, and, we all have um we all wear whoop right. uh, wristbands where you can track our sleep and our calories burned and whatnot right. and i work when i work out hard yeah not not excessively but hard yeah i'll burn 3600 calories in a day which is a, a lot joe rogan on average burns about 4500 calories a day jeez on Louise. average just that's an average oh my god God. His big days, like where he goes, I'm going hard today. They're astronomical. God. Like, 
it's hard to be friends with them. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, there's it really is. well, there's you know, it's it's, it's hard. It, there are parts of it where because I talk a lot of shit and I yeah. joke and I bust balls. Yeah, but Joe takes exercise and fitness very very seriously. Oh yeah, and so sometimes when I notice that when I've made jokes like, "Hey, I'll fucking do that," he'll look at me sideways and go, "You." you you physically can't. You're not an elite athlete. Like, like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. there is, there are certain disconnects where, like, I'll st make statements. He's like, no, like, <laughs> running on a treadmill is not real running, Bert. Like, yeah. and you're like, of course it is. He's like, no, no, no. Get in the fucking sand, into your shins, and like, you know, because the way he works out, I, he, yeah. like, he doesn't. He would never run on a treadmill. He runs hills. <laughs> I like, know. Runs that. hills like he's a wide receiver. I know. I said to him, I was like, so what do you think? What do you think I should do? Like, what what kind of equipment do you think I should get? Because I'm doing it at home, and I'm like thinking of like all the stuff stuff I could get, like to create a gym in my house or whatever. And he's looking at me, and he just goes, "I think you know, from where you're at, you could probably just start with push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need any equipment. Oh. You just you little, listen, chubby noodle arm. Oh. <laughs> you just start. How about you crank out twenty push-ups, and then we'll start talking about equipment. He is. Uh, is uh, it? I mean, I I I can't. It's kind of bizarre to see. How long have you known Joe? Um, I'm off and on for a while, but probably like where we became pretty good friends and like probably the last five years. It's amazing what is going on with his life right now. Like with just the presidential, like backing Bernie Sanders and then the internet losing their mind. It almost seemed fake, didn't it? I, yeah, I, I think I was talking to Burr about it. And he's just like, it's fucking bizarre. It's so bizarre. Because I don't I don't see him as anything other than the guy I text with. Right. You know, like. Well, that's the thing. Like, because we know him so well, you figure, well, everybody knows that this guy is heart and mind are in the right place. He's, yeah. It's not even just like the right place. He's like inspiring. Like how accurate and well thought out he is with his positions he yeah he's thoughtful with his very words thoughtful, he's thoughtful yeah. with he's very thoughtful which is sometimes like you'll make uh, definitely from my perspective i'll make an off-color joke uh -huh. or, or make something like a flippant thing that i haven't thought through yeah and you'll definitely see joe cock his head and go why, why would you say that right and right. you're like i don't know man i'm not thinking things through I'm just yeah talking. no he does he yeah. really does that's why when that came out it was like people were like some guy just to just to just uh callously say on this podcast that espouses these kind of um bad ideas whatever it's like you obviously don't listen to this guy at all yeah. and you're writing a headline for cnn that is so uh reckless yeah you know so crazy i mean but you know he's fine he also handles all that stuff really well i would not handle it as well like i could back I could back Satan on my podcast. <laughs> I would get. I wouldn't get one tweet about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's so huge that you know it's 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 powerful. It's funny too because you forget like all that the day that all that shit was going down about him. I think we were texting about something else, uh -huh. and then some. My my dad called and he's like, "You're friends with Joe Rogan, right?" I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "Is he really backing Bernie?" And I went, "Huh." He's like, oh, buddy, you got to fucking turn on the news. That's all anyone's talking about right now is Joe Rogan's back in Bernie, and Bernie is is touting that Joe's supporting him. And he's like, yeah. And so I got online, and I was like, wow. And I was like, all this shit's going on. He's a – I don't even know if Joe's aware of it because he's – or if he even cares because yeah. I'm texting with him about bullshit. Yeah. And he seems more invested in the horse shit text I have than 
That's smart, though. That you, yeah. Anybody that I'm friends with that is like that kind of level guy that, you know, you've got a lot stuff, of friends like that. Yeah. That have like high exposure and stuff kind of time to time crops up on them in yeah. the media. It's the ones that can just tune it off and realize don't engage that live a healthy life. And it's true. Like if you respond and now you're attracting it to you more, it's such a uh, Seinfeld calls it the river of shit. It's just yeah. the the culture and the media is such a river that they'll like say something about you, give it a beat, and now they're saying something about ten other people. And Joe seems like he manages that really well. How did you meet Seinfeld? Um, I met him in New York when uh, he was done doing his show, and he came. He was before he went back and did stand up at the clubs. He was just checking out the clubs kind of sitting in the back seeing what the scene was like and uh this one night you know stand up new york where you could see through the there's like a window into the bar area from yeah. the stage you could see and uh he walked in one day as i was on stage i was like hey and i tried to like be as funny as i possibly could next night same club same thing he walks in again and uh i started throwing out different material to let yeah. him know i've got more than two jokes and uh when i came off he's like hey yeah you're really funny he like called me over there was no one else at the bar like nobody it's just like a tuesday night or whatever yeah and uh he just said you know you're really funny and we just started you know, kind of i wasn't annoying and uh i just grabbed onto him and just didn't let go for 10 years <laughs> really because there's nobody else in the like he wasn't he didn't have people to hang with he had colin he had colin quinn that was it yeah and i think i forgot the idea that he lived out here shooting his tv show yeah and then when it was done he moved back to new york yeah yeah he always thought that that would be a better place to live like that that was a healthier place for him to be new york yeah really and uh and uh so he didn't know anybody so i you know, it was a cool thing, too, when like those final years of the show, I was hustling so hard in the clubs in New York that I didn't see TV shows at all. So I missed kind of the hype of the end of Seinfeld. You know, I was a fan of it, but I wasn't so in it that I was freaked out when I met him. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was very aware of his level of fame at that time. There was no one bigger in the culture at the time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And but I was just don't be annoying. And learn everything you can about comedy. And he loves talking comedy. So we just started from there and then became friends as time went on. But, you know, I literally was a sponge. I was like, he matched he matched what I thought I should be doing. in Like, he, I was hanging out, I was performing and I was seeing people like Attell or, um, you know, like... Uh, Kevin Brennan or Chappelle, like all these people that seemed like they were either drinking or getting high or just so casual and staying out till three in the morning. And I wasn't built that way. Like I was, I, I was like, shouldn't we be writing during the day and doing the things? Yeah. And how do you work? And, and Seinfeld was like my mentor for that way of working. You That's know the way I mean? his brain worked. He wasn't, didn't want to stay out all night. Right. Right. So I kind of, it was a relief. It was like a real relief that, Oh, this, this, if I, I can do it this, his way. Finally, I found someone whose path I could follow. Yeah. So I just, you know, 
I, I absorbed everything. How wow. he how he wrote, how he carried himself, how he did his workout sets, how he did his, you know, like work out in the clubs, how he would go on the road, all of that stuff. I just uh I would sit at the uh backstage when we started going into theaters after he got back in shape and went out on tour. And I would sit, I'd watch every single set. <laughs> I mean, every yeah. set, you know what I mean? Like I knew this was a special chance for me to learn something. And uh, I got as much out of it as I possibly could. I always say, I always, I have always, and maybe it's, I don't know who I surround myself by, but I feel like I've learned more what not to do by people. Uh -huh. like it, was, I, I, it was very clear. I, could, I can very easily see people fucking up yeah i can identify with that and go okay stay away from that uh-huh but i couldn't i i've i have a hard time i have a hard time especially like the way especially the way i write my, i write so fucking oddly like it yeah i i'm i don't necessarily sit down to write i feel like i'm just always writing like i'm yeah. always there uh -huh. so i'm always looking for something yeah and then and then like i can I ask you something? Sure. Because I've, I've been watching. You're so great at uh, social media because you're not, you're creative with it. Like you're putting out and there's an energy behind what you post and stuff that's really funny and 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 relevant and like, and funny. Well, thanks. And, and uh, be, do you think you're able to do that because you're on, you, you are like you're writing all the time kind of thing? Like, I think so. And I, do you divide it up like this will go on social and this is for my act? That kind of thing? No. Uh, uh, I I don't know. I think it's because I'm on all the time. Yeah. And I don't split it up. I've I've uh -huh. actually, I wish I had times I had. Uh -huh. um, I wish there are things that I've put out that on social media or for to promote things that would have been much better had i saved it and used it as a bit uh-huh uh and um well, you've got such great energy with it oh i i really enjoyed it I, I really think the majority of the really majority of it is from hosting on travel channel uh-huh and being in front of the camera so so much right and um not being like there's certain things i do that uh that like other people do not do in life mm -hmm. and and it is derived directly from um working on travel channel like i will accost a stranger <laughs> if i see something that i like uh -huh. and ask them where they got it <laughs> yeah like i remember right. <laughs> I, I remember my wife I, we, were, we were walking with the girls uh and i think we were like at a, a, a farmer's market or something yeah and someone had this great fucking like ice cream thing and i go oh that's fantastic where did you get that and the guy's like ah, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and i go what and i started almost interviewing him about it as yeah. if i was doing man on the street right right and my wife's like don't like it's why so would you? Funny. yeah but they're there and that and um I, can, I very quickly go into like a host mode of going i think of everything as a bit i think everything like yeah i i i have filmed myself going into a polar plunge now four times i filmed it every fucking time but i haven't gotten the one that i want to deliver the dates right right but i've filmed it i've had the girls film me i've i mean i just because i mean i've been sauntering polar plunging every day yeah are you really oh i love it i really? fucking love it where do you do it right here in my garage i have a we did we did this thing for this uh the show i did for netflix uh -huh. where we had a sauna and a polar plunge yeah but we only got like a one person sauna yeah it was ended up being fucking hilarious it's going to be so fucking funny <laughs> yeah but at the end they were just gonna there was like 
it's a cheap sauna. And uh-huh. they're like, we're just going to throw it away. And I was like, don't. I'll take it. Oh, so you kept it's it. It's a one-person sauna. It's like a fucking phone booth. Right. But it gets hot as shit. You sweat your ass off. And then I got a 150-gallon tub. I get like 40 bucks worth of ice, fill it with ice water, and you and I'll sit in the sauna for 30 minutes and then jump in the plunge for a minute and right. then back in the sauna and then back in the plunge. Really? Just back and forth. I fucking love it. <sighs> I love it, but I'm I am a quick fix kind of guy. Right. You want the the silver bullet. <laughs> right. I am yeah. like I I'm a, I'm the kind of guy that's like uh yeah. let's I'm I'm having a shake. I'm having a kale shake and I will take nine <laughs> stalks of kale, yeah. uh, four things of celery, a jalapeno, garlic, ginger. This It'll, is the shake that's going to change this, my life. This shake will fix it all. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll be shitting my brains out for the rest of the day and I'll be like that's what I was like I'm yeah. like my wife's started drinking water a lot. Like she's drinking a gallon and I was like I'm drinking two gallons. <laughs> right. I'm a quick fix person. But yeah, yeah I but I I don't turn it off and I I it's annoying to my daughters right when you came in yeah i was filming that poster oh right right and i was filming it and i put it on i put a a thing on instagram then your reaction coming into the house on my stories (laughs) i have one in my feed one of my stories i can't stop i can't stop i know and it's so valuable i I, like oh do you ever do this that i do all the time i'm i go to do it and i think no one wants to see that and put it down I did it yesterday. You yesterday, did? yesterday I went like this. Yesterday I went. I was uh, on the treadmill. I go, hey guys, just finished six miles, and then I went, why the fuck does anyone care how much mileage I ran today? <laughs> and I just put it down. <laughs> There's a good balance. I was like, like what I the do... fuck are you doing, Bert? I do that all the time. Kobe too, Bryant too just died, and I'm like, just finished six miles. <laughs> yeah, isn't there the funny thing too? It's like, oh man, now I can't post anything today. <laughs> i'll tell you what uh i i believe in especially with social media stealing from the greats one of the funniest uh-huh. things i had ever seen and i've told sebastian this a number of times uh-huh. was his wife i don't even know if they were doing it on purpose yeah she was fucking with him on stories and she would record him and then go okay and pretend she wasn't recording and go all right promote your date and he'd go hey guys and then she'd take her finger off the thing uh-huh. so it so like i that changed me so much and so i started one of my favorite things to do is just record people talking to me uh-huh so like today leanne i told leanne i'm having a problem with my back molars with uh-huh. this right side i don't know if i'm grinding my teeth or whatever but they're they're breaking the uh-huh. molars are chipping and um and i said to my wife today in the car i go um i, I know it's gonna be i'm it is going to be a lot of oral surgery to get these fixed oh god and I said, I just wonder if I can outlive the pain. <laughs> and she was like, what do you mean? I was like, I mean, I how many more years do I have? Maybe I, maybe it's not worth going into the surgery. Maybe I'll die within the next 10 years. I can and, fight through this. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, how bad? Can, yeah. yeah. Just, and she started yelling at me, going, yeah. you're fucking, did you just say you'd rather die than go to the dentist? <laughs> And I just started recording her yelling at me. I love. And you posted it? Yeah, I posted it. And and then she saw it. She went, what the fuck did you just do? And I was like, I thought it was funny. Yeah. I've only got to be more like you. No, no, not at all. Fucking. I got to do more of it. People are knocking on my front door, Tom, because I'm. My daughters have already asked that I don't do any Instagram videos at the new house. Yeah. They were like, please. Right. They go, we don't want to have to move again. Like, please. (laughs) And I have I've not done one Instagram. I have not done anything. <laughs> Are you going out with a whole new act now yeah. on this tour? Yeah. How I, long was that from your special to your 
from last time? Two months. Two months. Yeah. From, the, I, from when it dropped? It dropped. No, it hasn't even dropped yet. I, I have. I have a little bit of a swing period where I can do. I think I probably have a new. I think a new 30, 30 to forty minutes. Uh-huh. And so, but I have a, enough leeway of of when the special drops. It's dropping and okay, and that I can. Give me a month, and I think I'll. By the time it drops, it'll, it'll be a brand new hour. Right. And then any That's market cool. that I go to, that uh, that saw the last hour, yeah. There's enough. It's it's it. They'll see a hundred percent new stuff. That's cool. Because it's been a full year since I've seen, visited any of those markets. Right. And so I didn't have this hour that I just dropped totally when I did those. Right. But yeah, I have. Uh, I write really quick, and my, my I write really quick, but my bits are like fucking ten minutes long. Right. It's like one bit is a story. Is a, a long is is long so i i think yeah. i don't know we'll see I'll, I'll i'll have the you always say to yourself i have this much material and then you go out and you do it and you're like and especially in a theater yeah it sh- it shrinks. shrink wraps <laughs> so much i know it really does i got they moved mine up earlier i thought i had like another two months yeah and then they moved it up earlier really so i'm uh when's your yours drops next week next week uh or this week right now fourth. it's right the fourth the fourth yeah nice and uh it, yeah which is great but it's i'm uh i'm behind <laughs> you know what i mean it's when gonna, do you start going out on the road again um i'm, I'm right not I'm just not stopping yeah 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 that's one weird one of the weird things that um i never could wrap my head around because like i understand i i do understand now i do understand the branding of having a tour right like yeah a, you're doing a theater tour that is you need to it needs to be different than the last one it's right. got to you know i understand that now but I remember when they were like, um, they were like, hey, you need to name this tour. And I was like, it's called Doing the Road. What the fuck are you talking right. about? <laughs> yeah, I, know. I was like, I'm, I do this for the rest of my life. Like, I don't. Yeah. But there was, that was something I remember I like know. alt comics did a lot of. They were like, they'd call yeah. Doing the Road a tour. I know. And it was, and I remember it, it just sounded so fancy that I was like, I wish I could do a tour. Yeah. But then I was like, I just do comedy. That's, I do this every fucking week. <laughs> I know. It's not stopping anytime soon. You know who's good at that is uh, Brewer yeah right Brewer yeah. like has like a like a he he, he was always kind of like ahead of the curve on it yeah but uh yeah and then some like when seinfeld tours he just puts a new year on it this is the 2020 tour you know smart yeah i know <laughs> right. he, he he hasn't done a special he just did he did oh that's right oh i heard about that yeah it's, just, it's not out comes out in may yeah in may it's got it's like a super special thing too because he does something crazy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, everyone was talking about that yeah yeah it's gonna be cool uh yes but it's i don't know i i feel like i feel like making it something is definitely important but we have so many random dates also thrown in like it's not just the theaters you're gonna go do right like you get all these random other things that pop up and yeah so it's hard to say like what's part of the tour and what's not I don't know. You probably do a lot of corporate stuff. Uh, I do a good amount. I've never done one corporate gig. No? No. I just, I actually have only done like probably three or four colleges. Yeah. I've done one corporate gig and I've done probably three or four. I, I fucked up very early in, on <laughs> really aggressively. I uh, I just did an article with um, Vulture about this. Uh-huh. Uh, I... I was with I was touring with I was touring with Jay Moore and he did a college called Northeastern. 
Right. And there was a sign language lady on stage, and I just fucking harassed her. Right. From, and, and, oh, no. and then she sent a very, you know, the hackiest shit uh, any fucking <laughs> hack comic would have done <laughs> is exactly what I've done. <laughs> yeah. The difference is I'm embarrassed about it now. <laughs> right. Like There are some guys that are like, dude, I lit that bitch up. And you're like, eh, easy. You're right. Everyone did, did you that. You have to make her yeah. do the sign language for blowjobs. <laughs> that was what I opened with. <laughs> right. And I closed with her eating a man's ass. I said to the guy on Vulture, I go. It was like the Invisible Man ran a train on this poor woman, but um, uh, but but uh, and so I never did any colleges. They right. kind of like killed it's me for colleges. Spread and, word spread. This is not yeah. the college act you want. That's so and funny. so uh, so yeah. For me, it's just, it's just theaters. It's yeah. just it's just that's good. Shows. I I get called for a lot of corporate stuff, um, you know, because I think you know I, they don't have to worry about me being too offensive. You yeah. know, that kind of thing. So did you ever turn that did you ever turn that uh going into Tanzania thing into a bit? No. God, we both had that no. same experience, didn't we? Uh which one? You went the- you went into Tanzania on a hot air balloon, right? Yeah. And then you went in, drank goat's blood with the chief? No. No. We we got knocked off track on the balloon. Yeah. Kind of crash, semi crash landed. In, oh yeah. By the way, of course. That's the one thing they don't tell you. <laughs> All hot air balloon landings are a crash landing. Not one hot air balloon. And and by, they don't know where they're landing. No. They're like, uh, okay, I think we're going to land in this parking lot of this Wendy's. <laughs> right? Yeah. And you're just hitting things along the way. <laughs> you're holding on to your children. It's going to be okay. Dude, hot air balloons suck dick. <laughs> they, really they are do. so fucking bad. It's hot as yeah. shit in them. The top of your head's on fire. You go high as fuck. You're in a wicker basket. I know. And it, it every landing is a crash landing. My little daughter has this talent of like whenever she says things are are messed up, it's yeah. we're always like get over it and she's always right. <laughs> you yeah. know, and she's like this doesn't make sense that we're starting upside down like on your back. Oh, on your back. In yeah. Basket while fire shooting into the <laughs> balloon. And my daughter's just crying. And then at the end, we crash off course in the middle of this tribal village and they all come running with like rabid dogs and they all come with sticks coming marching at us my daughter's like see i told you this is is a horrible idea we could be at the pool right now and they uh we know we just hung out there and and we're all like it's gonna be cool it's gonna be cool and there was some they were all like chewing that was a cot that kind of stick that That makes you hallucinate yeah Yeah, and crazy dogs and all this stuff and they're kind of kind of friendly but kind of eyeballing us and um my daughter took a picture of of them on her phone and showed it to them they'd never seen that before they were like you just came down from like the heavens or something but i never we our guide finally caught up in the in the jeep got us big african dude and he was just like okay let's get in the car okay let's go he was nervous yeah and after being like telling my kids it's gonna be cool i realized oh no this Something could go sideways here. Yeah. And he buzzed us out of there. Uh, so we didn't get to go in and like hang with oh, him. Oh, we went in on a helicopter and we went into the village on a helicopter and they all, they, I mean, yeah. they all just came out like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Like a the, UFO. The joke I made, the, I, try, I tried to do this as a bit one time, but I, I could never really get, I could never, it seems like what I cared about wasn't important in the story. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but like one of the things that I was so impressed by was how, 
like how quickly my settler instincts kicked in yeah where i i it's i don't know what it is but like as we were landing i thought to myself sincerely and by the way i'm a host of travel channel yeah i should have this like anthony bourdain like humility uh-huh. i'm going i wonder if i could conquer these people by myself <laughs> like i wonder if i could become their marlon Brand, their god their fucking yeah i could do this yeah, i bet i, I could, could take do this them. yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, I poisoned some of the men, right? Yeah. To pull out my phone, show them some voodoo. What's funny is I took out my phone because we went in. We went that in. That's a funny bit, by the way. What's that? That, just that, es- the essence of that feeling. Yeah. Like that's, especially now when people talk about white privilege and. Yeah. Like you could say, like, <laughs> I'm telling you, that it's a real thing and it's deep inside it's, of us. I can't get out of and it. And I didn't realize it until we landed in a village like, I am your leader. Like that could I be a stepped great off that end. helicopter like a goddamn god. <laughs> yeah. I just like like That's I have everything you guys could ever dream. <laughs> stuff you couldn't have dreamed of. We went, we went, they first thing they did is they slit a goat's throat and bled him his bled him into a horn. Wow. And I was like, what? And they gave it to me. They're like, drink it. And Oof. I was like, fuck. They were in Africa. Blood yeah. in Africa is not my first beverage. No. Not it's like an AIDS cocktail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. I go, so then I, then I make a joke. I go, then we had to do it twice. We had to bleed it twice because we didn't pass it around. Right. So we did it twice and said, but the thing that's funny about the cell phone is we ended up rolling bones, I think is what they call it, uh-huh. where the witch, the witch lady uh-huh. uh, tells you your, your future. Right. And when they scatter the bones out on the yeah, and they read yeah. them, and she said, uh, she then said, I was with the some of the guys, and I said, this place smells like my man cave, and they're like, what? <laughs> I go, my man cave, like I have a man cave. Uh, I go, it's hard to explain. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this will blow their minds. I go, let me show you a picture of my man cave. So I go to my photos uh-huh. to find a picture of my man cave. Now something I do. Is if I'm watching porn and someone texts me, I screen grab it. Okay, oh, no. so like it'll be like my wife, what are you up to? And I'll screen grab it because I just think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. As I'm flipping through, there's a porno video of Bonnie Rotten, just a, a picture of Bonnie Rotten sucking some guy's cock, and they've never seen pornography. They never seen a cell phone. Yeah. Let alone have they ever seen a woman with cobwebs <laughs> tattooed on her nipples, like covered in tattoos, just. Slop like just, uh, and then a text from my <laughs> wife at the top, and these guys are like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What is that?" And I was like, in my head, I'm like, I'm showing them porn for the first time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, guys, that's America right there. <laughs> and the and and my crew got really like one of the guys got really upset with me. He's like, dude, you cannot show these guys pornography. Like you, you like what is wrong with you? Like, what do you think? And at that moment, I was like, I could. So easily conquer them, <laughs> right? Exactly. Hey guys, why don't you borrow my phone? Go sit by the trees while I impregnate your women and poison your children, <laughs> poison your water lines. I'm your new father. I'm your new father. <laughs> Who wants to see Bonnie Rotten again? You know what? Let's get her on the phone, Bonnie. <laughs> Would but, you ever take another gig that that made you travel like that? Uh, like mm, now, like as the kids are older and stuff. Nah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. Even, I don't really have any passion to do. Um, I don't really have any passion to do much yeah more than what i'm doing mid-roll reads mid-roll reads what are they these are mid-roll reads support for the birdcast comes from TurboTax. TurboTax is here to help this tax season by making tax filing easier for you they made it their mission to give you all the tools and advice you need 
to get your taxes done with confidence, like making uploading your W-2 as easy as taking a picture. Just use your phone or tablet to simply snap a picture of your W-2 and then watch your information appear in the right place in your tax return. You can be sure you're filing your taxes correctly while at the same time making sure you're getting the best possible refund. TurboTax. All people are tax people. This podcast is also brought to you by Undercover Tourist. You know that for a long period of time, I was Bert the Conqueror. Bert the Conqueror was all about vacation. What was easier for me is I never had to plan that vacation. I just showed up and the network I worked for at the time, they planned it for me. I didn't know how much money we were saving. I didn't know how much time we were saving. Now, if I try to plan some spring break vacation around some theme park or I have a trip to a theme park planned, I am absolutely clueless. And I just found out about Undercover Tourist. You need to know about them if you're planning a trip to a theme park because undercover tourists can save you significant time and significant money. The exact same tickets to theme parks that you know and love, they get them for less. No catch. Save up to $145 on each theme park ticket. Each theme park ticket. That is significant. Think of the savings for a family of four or even six or even eight if you're bringing your grandparents. They want to see them there. Authorized sellers, 20 years of quality service providing theme park and attraction tickets at discounted prices. A-plus ratings from the Better Business Bureau, so you don't have to worry that you're going to get finagled somehow. And over 1 million app downloads of the Orlando Wait Times app. This is completely hassle-free. Emails, physical tickets, skip the lines at the gate, go straight to the rides. You pay what you see. No hidden fees, no hidden taxes included. Well, you know, obviously where applicable. 90-day ticket returns also where applicable with friendly and knowledgeable agents. Customer service agents will take care of you as undercover tourists takes care of them. Additional discounts in bundling tickets with hotels, car rentals, free planning tools, free park plans, what to do and when to do it saves you Four hours a day not standing in lines and zigzagging around the park. Trust me, as a man who has spent four summers in theme parks, that is absolutely priceless. I hate standing in lines. I will not stand in lines. It will ruin a park for me if I stand in lines. This is why they're priceless. Can you not rip out paper while I'm in the middle of a read? Blogs and travel tips, best time to visit, where to stay, and trust me, that is so important. Best times to visit and where to stay. And obviously what's new in the Q&A from the community. Undercover Tourist is the trusted name for theme park tickets. Start planning your next theme park vacation now by visiting undercovertourist.com slash BERT. That's an additional discount using BERT on top of the big savings that are already going to be offered through Undercover Tourist. That's undercovertourist.com slash BERT. Don't forget. I am a trusted expert in theme parks, and there are only a handful of us. I did that. We did that Netflix series yeah. uh, that we just wrapped, and I had so much fucking fun on it that I was like, I'd do that again, maybe. Yeah. I do. I don't really. I don't. I don't. I, 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 that's, I, maybe I'm wrong because I got to be honest with you, man. I've, lately, I've, I have missed how much fun that show was yeah meaning the show was a horrible show it wasn't good you were good at it it was uh, a good show it, but but the being on the road with that crew was so fucking fun what didn't you like about the um, show 
I just I, I I wasn't allowed to be the person I am today. I, I always felt like right. that. I you always were little, felt like, like hosty. Yeah, you, like well, you I had always, to though. Like you're in those networks. I used to tell them, I think if you let me do what I think is good, yeah, I think it would be we'll have a better show. And there, were, I remember one of the execs telling me, "Hey man, you're you're no Anthony Bourdain. You're lucky to be here." And I was like, "What?" Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, that's when that's when the writing was on the wall." And I was like, "What?" And then now those same guys, how do you work with that guy another minute? Yeah, now oh. those those guys are like, uh, "Hey man." can we get tickets to your i mean one of the guys one of the guys guys, by the way i'm and this is not the guy i'll say the guy's name he did not say that he was one the first guy that ever brought me to travel channels guy named matt butler right Uh matt butler it did not say any of that shit matt butler brought me to travel channel um to do birth to conquer and then he got fired from travel channel and went over to discovery okay now discovery has acquired travel channel and he is in a weird circumstance right back running travel channel right and he we tried to figure out a project we could do together because I, yeah. I still have I, I love matt butler yeah and and the guy that this other guy dan adler was the guy they were all the team that brought me to travel channel in the first place so we were trying to do <laughs> we were trying to do a show together and we were figuring it out and i was in baltimore and I say, you know, come to the show. I'll come some tickets. Bring a friend. Bring your wife and bring some friends. Yeah, and uh, come backstage. And <laughs> he, it was I, it was I appreciated the look on his face, but the look on his face was, uh, it was very honestly, how the fuck do these people know who you are? Like, like, like he, he was had just no like, idea. well, I don't think he, I think he knew that I was good things were happening for me. Yeah, but to be in, I've I've had other people say that to me, like like f- people I grew up with. Uh huh. That go, do all these people in this line want to see you? And you're like, we're like, yeah. But he was very genuine. Like, he goes, it, it's gonna surprise you too, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, like these people know who you are. Like, you're Bert. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah, no, it happens. I, I yeah. But it was, it was very, so it was, like, it was like a genuine compliment without yeah. even complimenting me. It was a compliment that he was like, yeah. So they know who you are. And I'm like, yeah, I'm shocked. I'm as shocked as you are. It's but so yeah, funny. Those uh. You ever have like early on when people would come to your show and there's like, it's the opposite where there's like, it's not a big show. Like you're doing like the late night at some club or whatever. And like one of your biggest fans would show up and be like, where is everybody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where is everybody? I thought you're, you're huge. <laughs> is, I'll tell you what. You're I remember, my George Carlin. <laughs> I remember the first, I remember the, I remember the first time. This is a bizarre uh recollection of comedy i remember the first time that i wasn't performing in front of strangers meaning right. like people I'm, the very i remember the very first day and i actually said why are you guys here <laughs> right and the guy was like machine story and everyone's like yeah we just saw them and like the whole room i went you wait you guys know who i am yeah and they were like yeah vinnie brand at the stress factory there was a fucking <laughs> there was a blizzard that came in right and it was me and rocky dale davis and I think Florentine came out that weekend uh, to hang out. Cool. And uh and I remember being like, so I remember Florentine <laughs> people showed up. Florentine goes, Desi, dude, got a fucking packed audience. And I just was I'm so that I've always been in one speed in my career that I was like right. I was like, Yeah, was nothing going on this weekend. <laughs> and he was like, I don't know. I think they're here to see you. And I was like, Jim, they're not here to see me. I was like, I guarantee you something's like something's, such a comedian yeah. thing to think. Is there nothing else going on yeah. this weekend? Like, what the fuck? Like, they have no other options. <laughs> and Jim was like, no, man, I think I'm pretty sure they're here to see you. And yeah. Vinny, Vinny Brand came in and he goes, 
because this is going to be a great weekend. Like, we're sold out for all our shows. He's like, I'm going to have to bonus you. And, and so I went out and I remember going on stage. I go, why are you guys here? Like, I really Dude, genuinely so great. had never performed in front of anyone who knew who I was. It comes from so many years of, remember like when they would, when they'd come in, you'd like be like, oh, it's only at the stress factory, say, and there's yeah. like half full. And you're like, oh, okay. And they would come in and say, yeah, well, they have the big ice sculpture festival yeah. this weekend. You're like, what they always, I, they always put out something well there's a bowling tournament on next friday so maybe that's it someone said that backstage one time i was with i was with burr and some other people but burr yeah. was there yeah and someone came out someone said i forget who it was but they were like how was your weekend and he goes ah rough weekend they had the rodeo was in town and so and light numbers yeah and he and they left and i remember bill burr in the most uh. meticulous way said if they want to see you they come see you <laughs> <laughs> and I go, what? He goes, rodeos don't affect ticket sales. <laughs> and it's so funny. So many years of yeah. that. It's oh, so funny because you, I've gone to so many weekends where you're yeah. like, where you wrote it off to like, <laughs> oh, shut shut up. Uh, boys to men's performing tonight? <laughs> right. That's where everyone is. I know. I remember calling home to my wife and being like, that. yeah, well, boys to men's here. Well, what does that mean about you? <laughs> So, yeah, so you mean all the 50 year old crossover. black people didn't show up to your show <laughs> big crossover audience oh it was a big abortion rally so uh, you know how that did yeah oh it's so brutal it's so crazy <laughs> i hope in heaven that there's a uh, like a green room just for comics yeah so that we can because like i don't i can't i can't re- i sometimes i can't relate to other people who yeah don't like you know i i had a really great conversation with moshe kasher the other day was and he brought up this this really phenomenal point about about that he read in a book Uh regardless i can't really i i I would be i'm hesitant to re-articulate it yeah because i'm sure i would fuck it up Uh but it's in regards to the holocaust and jewish guilt and whatever it is yeah and so i was at a party the night i was trying to share this thought and it was like Two comedians can talk about the most politically volatile subject yeah. and not get heated. Right. And just look for the interest in it. Yeah. The interest, the the fucking wiggle into it and the wiggle out of it. Right, right. And regular people can't do that sometimes. Regular people no. get offended and they take things personally. Yeah. They don't think, they also don't consider the source. I think that's yeah. a big problem is that they... Like you could say anything to me because I know the source. Yeah, I know truthfully who you are. So you could say something that's totally out of nature for you, and I know that you're doing something funny because I know it doesn't come from the heart of who this person is. It, yeah. Those people don't. They don't. They don't allow you that, which is which makes it like offensive. You know what I mean? Like we were talking earlier about a Joe. It's like. You know, for people to attack that thing, it's like you don't really know who this person is, obviously. At all. Yeah. And comedians, I think they, because we're such no non-bullshit, truthful people, we're kind of the only ones that, you know, allow that person to be true, to, to do it, because you could see the truth in him. You, I remember one time, and this is, it's like only a comedian's brain. We, were, My daughter, Isla, had a, a school dance, and they were debating whether or not they should like very but the parents were in the circle and they were saying that (laughs) if girls wanted to dance with girls they shouldn't stop that and 
and and they should let boys dance with boys even though those boys don't aren't sexualized yet yeah they shouldn't stop that and they were agreeing and i was like and they were like is that everyone's cool with that right and i was like yeah as long as they're white and <laughs> everyone's like what did you just say and i go oh, it's a joke and they're like no that's not funny and i went hold on it is funny it is funny you you, you don't have a sense of humor right it's 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 an irony. I, I, I'm, by the way, I'm trying to work this into a bit so hard right now. This, yeah. this thing. I was trying. To, I was trying. To, I think I've told this to one other person. Uh -huh. So it hasn't gotten better. Anyone that's ever heard this. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to parent comedy, uh -huh. with Georgia, but and, and parent. But I was more important to me was that she understands why certain things are funny. So she right. had said. We were listening to this fucking Moana. Have I told you? Have you heard this story? You, I have not heard this story. We were listening to this song from Moana, and in the middle of the song, uh, a volcano erupts. Uh -huh. And I go, what's that noise? And Georgia says, that's Isla coming out of the closet. And I go, <laughs> I go, hey, you can't say that. She goes, why not? And I said, well, first of all, I don't want you to... I, it's not funny that someone's gay. That's not a joke. People are just gay, and they have families. And they fall in love, and that's regular. And if your sister is gay, and Isla's like, I'm not gay. I go, shut up. I go, but if your sister is, and and that's not, it's not, it's not a joke that she's gay. It's just yeah. let her live her life. All yeah. we want her to be is happy. And she goes, well, I wasn't being serious. I go, I know you weren't being serious, but that the joke can't be that hey, someone's gay. That's uh -huh. it's not funny. The thing erupts again, and I and. Isla says, seriously, what is that? And I turn around and I go, oh, that's the sound of Georgia coming out of the closet. Georgia goes, wait, you can't make that joke. I go, no, my joke is ironic. I am making fun of your joke. Right. Like, I'm not making that joke. I'm making fun of your joke. Do you understand yeah. that? I go, I didn't, I'm only saying that joke because yeah. you said that joke. Right. And I'm making fun of your joke. And she's sitting there like this. My wife gets in the car and the sound goes off again. My wife goes, what's that noise? And Georgia looks at me and goes, that's the sound of you coming out of the closet, mom, and looks at me, and I go, that's a funny joke. <laughs> right. and, and Georgia's, and my wife's like, you can't make that joke. And I was like, at least they're not making it about me. Yeah. It was, but it was like, it was like the teaching someone yeah. why certain things are fun. It's so, it's such a, like, uh, like a life lesson. It's yeah. And I was like, I, I was like, I, I care more about them having a sense of humor. Yeah. Well, that's what I, that's what I was thinking when we. When we said like, well, comedians are are the people that can do that, but it's also it's also other human beings that have a sense of humor. Yeah, right. I bet there was one person in that parent circle that was like, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And it, but it, oh, there's nothing more yeah. fun. There's nothing more fun than aggravating someone who doesn't have a sense of humor. Yeah, that just doesn't get it. Yeah. That no, I mean, I this that story. As soon as you said parent circle, I have so many friends, comedians, writers. Who have been in that parent circle and gotten into a lot of trouble <laughs> because oh. you just you know the odds are against you. There was a there was a writer who I met with who got in trouble at a parents group <laughs> because he went to I, I don't know who this guy is. I, he lives around here. He's like he goes to our school. I don't uh -huh. know this guy. Uh -huh. He came in to and I I guess he had gone to a party and there were uh, two gay parents, two gay dads. Yeah, and um. The one gay guy said, I'm Michael, and this is my partner, David. And he goes, oh, are you guys cops? 
<laughs> and I just, I was crying laughing. The fact that people got upset yeah. made me want to find those people yeah. and just fuck with them for the rest of their lives. I know. It's like, how do you not find that absolutely uh, hilarious? It's great. That's one of the weird things about having kids is that you do get put into circles of people you would never speak to in a million never. years. Never. Uh, yeah, exactly. Never speak to, and then you got to interact with them every fucking day. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't really last because all of a sudden they don't want to be around you. <laughs> yeah, it's I I mean I've alienated so many yeah. fucking parents. But it's cool like as you go through the years, right? Like you kind of weed them out and then yeah. you get like a a core of like people that get it that are funny, you know. By the end there's people who you can share. Like we did we went we <laughs> we went one time uh I had come home after the store i came in here and i ate some edibles and i ate way too many right uh, way too many and i i thought i was gonna die but that's not the joke but yeah i woke up the next morning and it was our christmas uh festival and i sat down and then you're right you get that small knit yeah, group of friends a couple of them. where they're like god you smell like fucking alcohol and you're like and i'm like i am still high on edibles where you can share that where other parents heard that they'd be like you are high at your child's school <laughs> right. but these cool parents are like yeah and then the song they did tom was so funny because you couldn't just do christmas songs that yeah. would alienate jewish kids uh -huh. they did christmas songs about jewish things <laughs> so you know like uh right. on the first day of christmas my true love gave to me yeah they just went through <laughs> uh they, they did it on the first day of hanukkah my truth to try to mash yeah. it up yeah and they just went through and listed things in a deli <laughs> and i could not stop laughing i was crying i was laughing so hard uh, a black and white cookie <laughs> uh, no, like not it was it was so culturally insensitive yeah but they were trying, trying to do the to, right thing yeah i was crying fucking laughing i had this similar thing where they they were it was a circle of parents kind of thing and like just waiting for like pickup or something and uh and they said something someone said so and so Ado just uh got back because they adopted a, a child they adopted a child and such and such but and, you know it might not work out and i i said cool thing about adopted kids you can always give them back and they were <laughs> one guy like one guy laughed one guy was like <laughs> and the rest were just like i'm sorry what did you say <laughs> like they're not even not laughing they're literally thinking they heard it wrong like what did you say i'm sorry what, what just <laughs> you know you can give it back yeah. you don't have to keep those right <laughs> nothing <laughs> dude the uh i have so many stories <laughs> about being a parent where i just did not give a fuck right <laughs> where i just was like uh we're gonna play this like it's like i'm in high school <laughs> i remember i remember we did uh we did a uh they had a raffle mm -hmm. for uh i know i've told this story but it's fitting for this Oh, uh, there was a wine tasting and they had a raffle. The whole goal was they wanted to buy new iPads for the kids, right? right. And the iPad, I think it cost for whatever notebook thing was like 400 bucks a pop. And so we, <laughs> or whatever. So they were trying to raise money in this raffle. They were going to raffle off 12 items. Right. And I got there and I showed up late and I went over to Darren Turbo, who was running the raffle. I said, How's the raffle looking? And he goes, Oh, like shit. And I said, Really? And he goes, Yeah. Oh, we're not even gonna get an ipad i don't think and i said what's how much is in the pot and he goes 40 bucks I'm like all right here's 400 and he was like what i said i want to win everything i was like don't tell anyone i want 400 tickets don't tell anyone 
and they pulled off the fucking first thing. They're like, all right, we're going to do the raffle. It's a Pilates class. The winner is eight seven five four three zero, and I'm like, that's me. <laughs> and everyone's like, hey, I got a Pilates class. <laughs> By the fifth prize that I won, that I won yeah. the first four, and everyone's like, what the fuck? And Darren Turbo <laughs> was crying. He goes, he bought four hundred dollars worth of tickets. <laughs> and my, I won ten of the prizes. My wife won one prize with her winning ticket. <laughs> and there was a dad who was visibly angry. And he was up front and he was like, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. He needs to give those back. Like I put money in and I was like, I was like, I remember going and I go, I, I walked up to him and I go, Hey, what did you win? Knowing he didn't win anything. Yeah. And he goes, nothing. You want it all. This isn't fair, man. This isn't fair. I go, it's a raffle. And he goes, yeah. I said, well, you should have put more money. He goes, I have a budget. I, I looked at him. I go, fuck your budget. And he was like, what? I go, fuck your budget. I have a budget. I put my money in. Yeah. I go, you know. So then they changed the raffle rules at our school. <laughs> Everyone can only buy one ticket, right? The next at, at our at our big carnival summer or whatever carnival. Yeah. They raffled off a flat screen TV and they only sold 35 tickets because no one wanted to buy one dollar and so they for 35 bucks they got it they it i ruined raffles at that school <laughs> ruined dude. fucking raffles so dumb, one man. of my favorite things in the world is to go into a raffle and just yeah. buy a dick load of fucking tickets yeah well come on <laughs> I, I, we went to the special olympics had a raffle for this polar plunge thing we did one uh -huh. time i was there for travel channel and uh i said what's the pot and the guy goes what do you mean i said what how much is in and he goes well i think it's like it's three hundred dollars. I said I'll put in four hundred dollars. He's like, wait, what? I said I want the, I want to win, and I literally said to everyone, I'm gonna win this raffle. Yeah. And when I win it, I'm gonna be obnoxious. So get ready. <laughs> and it was a fifty fifty raffle where you you split the pot was. So I was just gonna get my money back. <laughs> right. It was either get my money back or win nothing. Right. Yeah. And I fucking won. I videotaped it. I put it on YouTube. I won this fucking raffle, and then I just gave them all the money. I was like, I can't take home any money. I go, I just wanted to win. I, I've got. I've been asked to host some of. Uh, very wealthy fundraiser things like for oh, really? like for like you know major diseases or that kind of stuff like in middle of new york where they raise like 40 million dollars in a night i mean like you can't even get close you know with yeah. silent auction and all this stuff and it's like the biggest money of manhattan <laughs> you know in oh, wow. one night like 40 million dollars and you wow. realize holy cow there's so much money out there and my sister is like this nonprofit in new jersey where we're scraping and clawing to get like five grand you know like for her big fundraiser for the year kind of thing yeah and you guess in the right circles you could just huge money huge so i'd love to get a hold of some of that like i, I would love to be able to do something charitable mm -hmm. like in a big way yeah you know where you get credit for it yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can't be. I, I'm, I'm not going in anonymous. I'm no. I'm, I and by the way, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not the kind of dad that volunteers his time, and I'm not going in anonymous. I want credit. Yeah. No fucking. I did a I, thing where over the holidays I was giving money to the people bagging it at the supermarket. Yeah. Uh, you know they're working their ass off, and it's like you know I don't know where who to donate to or whatever. So I started giving, you know, a hundred bucks to the cashier on my way out, kind of to the bagger on the way out kind of thing and uh and i did it like four or five times and i was like so proud of myself in the beginning that i was do that i did it and they you know they 
It never happens. It's a huge deal. Yeah. And I felt so good about myself that I did it, but did it quietly and no one knew until around the fourth person and I couldn't keep it in. And I <laughs> told my wife and then I started telling everybody I couldn't do it for no credit. <laughs> I had to let people know what a great person I was. <laughs> it wasn't enough that I turned oh. this person's month around. Yeah. I wanted everybody to say, you're good, Tom. Good oh. for you. <laughs> That's what I miss. We used to do the wait staff raffle everywhere. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I miss like, those were like so much fun. Yeah. Where you'd, we'd, We'd, I did you, we did ever tell we no I, I would say at the end of my show i go hey i'm gonna tell the machine story while i do i'm gonna pass around a bucket uh-huh. throw in whatever money you have extra money and at the end we're gonna pull out one of the names one of the servers and that person will get the pot oh that's great and so we would do it and inevitably like it would just the per the, we did one that went viral this guy i think his name is kevin and it was in uh comedy off broadway uh-huh. and he i pull his name and by the way, stereotypically, you always wanted a girl to win because girls could get more emotional. Yeah, you didn't want guys to win. You definitely didn't want black men to win because they were they wouldn't show their they would always be like stoic, like, uh-huh. and they would try to be funny as opposed to right. being authentic. Yeah. Well, man, you cannot judge a book by its cover because Kevin came up uh-huh. and he started sobbing, crying, and I was like, I was like, whoa. By the way, I had my camera up videotaping my set. Uh-huh. So I caught this on my camera uh-huh. and I edited it together. I go, man, you seem emotional. What's going on? And he's like, uh, next weekend's my daughter's 13th birthday party. And I said, yeah. And he said, yeah, I didn't have enough money to buy her a present, let alone, let alone to buy her a present. Alexa, shut the fuck up. He goes, I didn't have enough money to buy her a present, let alone to throw her a party. Uh-huh. Now I get to throw her a party. And I can be the man she thinks I am. And I start crying. He's crying. The crowd's crying. They start running up and giving him hundreds and fucking twenties. No way. It was such a great moment. Oh, it was so, so great. Cool. And I but I loved being the guy. You're right. I didn't I didn't even I never even put money in. It really in. was because of all of, because of you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even put money in. But you but got, got all the credit. credit. I got all the credit. <laughs> dude and great content and great content <laughs> yeah it's great content i posted it yeah well so, that's what but you know what that's no joke though i mean that's why you know you do feel good when you help people yeah. and that's kind of like if that makes you help people then who cares yeah right um i want to talk about your hour before before you get out of here yes but um so tell me about the new special and by the way i don't don't miss details tell me your favorite joke tell me your favorite the joke that was the hardest like i because I, I, I when just getting done my hour, there's mm-hmm. so many things I tried to do in it yeah. that I'm like proud of where I go, I wanted I I formed it a certain way. Yeah. Like I I, I structured it a certain way. Yeah. I didn't want to lose viewers for a reason and I wanted uh-huh. to keep them. Right. I, you know, it's like and so yeah. I'm fascinated by people and, and how they do their hours. Yeah. It's kind of uh yeah, that my I, mine's kind of similar. This one is the first time where there was like a like a little bit of a mission uh, to the set, which kind of just came as I was touring. You know, it's called You're Doing Great. And I really just had this, in reaction to the anxiety that people were feeling over tour the last two and a half years, people were feeling like, you know, they they weren't doing enough and that they weren't making enough money and that they weren't uh, living up to the, this, this, uh, level of a life that they're seeing on social media and then the media is telling them that everything's going to shit and 
And I just started telling people that you're doing great. This is what life is. Whatever yeah. you're doing, I guarantee you, if you're here, hey, have a little money in your pocket, you can come to this silly ass show. Things are cool. You're all right. Yeah. You're doing great. And it, it came as a reaction to as the set was evolving, you know, and I and people were responding to it and were coming up and saying, thanks for saying that. I was I've been feeling completely lost. And it was the first time that my set started to have like a theme to it and started to have a, like this message to it. And I was like, I'm just going to hold on to it because I'm optimistic by nature. And I know a lot of times comedy can be really kind of cynical and we kind of point out that everything is shitty. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to just stick to what I really believe. And that is that people are up against it and you have to realize we're pretty lucky to be alive right now. We're lucky to be here. And despite what the news is telling you and making you feel this is pretty, this is a pretty great time to be alive. If you, at every level, you know, and we've all been there and it's not to say that everybody's, you know, walking around whistling, but you know, this is what life is kind of a thing. So I just, does that make sense? It makes hundred percent sense. I'm kind of rambling. A little no, bit. no, no, no. I love that. I fucking love that. Yeah. So I just wanted to like, let it be positive and just be kind of this piece that I was proud of that as an hour, as was as, as a thing. And I, you know, when you get it and you do it and then you start editing it and you're putting it together, you're peeling stuff out. It's kind of funny that any of the stuff that I cut was just naturally stuff that w- was meaner or was a little more cynical. It yeah. didn't fit with the rest of the the special. It just wasn't as funny. The, the audience gets on board and and it, it ultimately you're doing great is kind of the was the ultimate thing. I think I think I pulled it off. That's great. It's it's so funny because so much of comedy, so much of comedy, it's not, I wouldn't say it's easier, but it's easier to take something down yeah. than to build something. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you Which know, I still kind of do. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's so corny, but I watched, you watch Tom Hanks in the, in the uh, yeah. Mr. Rogers thing. Oh, no, I, I thought you were going to say in the uh, the Golden Globes with oh, Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Where he went. <laughs> yeah no and he did uh um, in the neighborhood you know the yeah when he plays mr rogers and it was like you know there's such a uh lack of people like that in the culture that just want to make you feel good (laughs) you know what i mean like it's kind of like a little bit of a and you know you're very similar like people come to your show they leave. They're, they've had an experience. It's uh, dude. You're going to be better leaving than they came in. And I don't. I think we've been doing this a long time, and it's very easy to add to the pylon of making people feel shitty. Yeah. And I just have this thing where I don't want to waste my time. I, like you've got your kids. You know. You know that it's a limited amount of time that you're here, and it's a limited amount of. Um, energy that you have to put towards all this stuff and I just really truly feel like I don't want to do something if it's not worthwhile and putting out something that I think is going to be positive for you to digest I I had an epiphany I said something on the I said something on this podcast that I I had a bit and then I shared on the podcast and it got a it got a big response at one point 
I thought it did at least. And then I tried it out on stage a couple times. Uh-huh. And this chick came up to me and was like, hey, I, I, I'm i a huge fan. By the way, she didn't look my demographic at all. Yeah. Like, I never thought she would be a fan of mine. Yeah. She's a huge fan. But just giving you a heads up, um, that joke makes me feel less than human. And I went, huh? Uh-huh. So I'm just letting you know. like, Because I, I, I don't think that's your intent, right? Uh-huh. I said, no. My intent is to make you laugh. She goes, well, I'm going to tell you what's really happening when you say it, though. Uh-huh. And I went, oh, there's a lot of jokes where you, I would, yeah. I would didn't know the energy i just thought the reaction was one thing yeah so i was like oh it's getting a good pop but sometimes the reaction was a lot of people going oh that's fucked up right right and i didn't know that and i i had a i had an epiphany then where i thought i don't ever want anyone to leave my show like bummed yeah like, my, that's not my there's certain people like i i, I really genuinely think tom Skirt at times feels like if He's not having a couple people walk out. He's not doing his job right. Right. Like he is, he, he enjoys that kind of yeah. pushing those boundaries. Yeah. And, and but that and, fits with his thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not it my thing. No, it's like, I want everyone to go. That was, I was a fun night. Right. And there's, it's just doesn't fit you. Like there was a couple of times, you know, when you're working jokes out and I've had them too, where. I really believe in it, but I'm saying I and my wife has said that similar to what that fan said, like, this is how it's coming off, though. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, all right. And they say that to you because they know, like, the rest of your thing is the rest of your thing is Beatles songs. And then you went death metal for a second. And everyone was just like, what's he? Wait. Yeah. What? What's what's Paul McCartney doing right now? <laughs> I had a joke. I had a joke that I did not realize. I had a joke about uh, showering with my daughter. Uh-huh. It was when she was uh, like uh, seven months old or something. Yeah. Or when you know when you take a baby in the shower and you yeah. go in the bath. Uh-huh. I didn't realize that I was telling that joke, and my daughters were like fucking six and five or five and five and seven at the time, uh-huh. and I was still telling that joke as if it was still happening today. Uh-huh. And people would just be like, "What the fuck?" And <laughs> I knew the story in my head yeah. was when she was a baby but i wasn't telling anyone she was a baby right and this woman <laughs> came up to me and was like hey man number one you got to stop showering with your fucking kids and i was like i don't shower with my kids she goes you just said you did and i went no that was when she was a baby she goes that's not how it comes out uh, i went oh my yeah. god and i was like here i've been going around talking about yeah. <laughs> i was like motherfucker i just heard a, i was listening to lenny bruce the other day because mm-hmm. i there's this cool thing there's someone put an album out like right after he died about why he died and kind of the whole story of him you know being ostracized in society and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. and that led me into listening to uh listening to another thing about him and he just in the telling of the stories he was showering with his, his daughter he didn't want her to feel ashamed or anything ever about our bodies and you know there's no ill intent and he was his dad and he showered with his daughter when she was nine years old and blah, 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 and they just kept going and i was like wait what <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a great lesson i guess I mean, we could all be like garden of eden pure but Fuck. what nine years old nine years old seems a little old lenny <laughs> <laughs> yeah as i'm like from the time they're five like running from the shower to my room with nobody see me oh yeah but i mean look it, it's so hard to talk about it in a way like to say like you know, I want it to be positive and stuff like that without it sounding kind of corny. But I just feel like, you know, I want these things to be, um, you know, they are special. They should be special, yeah. at least to us at, at a point where you're making it 
I want to be able to look back and be like, all right, this is my fourth one. And they should be getting better and they should be getting be a, a little more meaningful and a little more. They should be better. My 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 whole thing in in the special I just did was. As a, I wanted to prove that I'm a better comic today than I was when right. I saw my last one. Right. That's, That's a it. great goal. Yeah, Simple. Like, yeah. Bill Burr was the one that pointed that out to me. Yeah. Like he just made it very clear. Where he said, and it was so silly because I will, I, I won't name them now, but I could name comics whose specials are identical, special to special. Yeah. To the point where you go, I don't, I think they're just swapping out punchlines. Right. Like they're doing the exact same. They haven't really grown at all. Right. Whereas I am deaf, I think I have, I think especially as like the kind of comedians that we are, yeah. we are allowed to grow. Yeah. Um, we're allowed to grow in our own, uh, uh, the thing that we do, we're allowed to grow. Some joke, like straight up, just like Dimitri Martin is a misdirection yeah. or a clever comedian. I think it's tougher for him to show growth. Right. You know, yeah. No, like, yeah, you're talking about human things that are deep and that will kind of last like you, the, you told you told a story one time it's that I, I about i forget what it was it was about uh dropping dropping off your kids and looking at the other moms that you'd that oh, the you, hot moms hot moms or something right? but but it was like what we do is so kind of experiential and and it's it is storytelling although i yeah. you know but so for someone like Dimitri, where it's set up punch, set up yeah. punch, it's really hard for him to, to just, it just, he's just got to write better than last year. And right. sometimes you write <laughs> yeah. just as good as last year. Yeah. No knock on Dimitri whatsoever. No, no. It's like Anthony. It's like, you know, there's like, yeah, yeah, they're joke guys. They're Stephen Wright. It's like, they actually, uh, like Stephen Wright matures because he's maturing, but his jokes are, it's still jokes. Yeah. We have, uh, we have a little more freedom in that department of, of we could write you know deeper things like when jim brewer was writing about his his father's death yeah I mean, you know what i mean like he has that latitude because he's not bound to like just doing joke 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 yeah right so in a way that it's just a different style i guess but yeah i think that simple thing for all of us dimitri anthony you yeah. me just get better try and get better it's so and i think if you if you're honest about it and you really 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 care about it it should it 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 should be getting better it's funny too because we're at a place now where i i i believe i was just into someone the other day but comedy is uh now getting criticized so much mm -hmm. be and there are people who make a living just taking apart comedy and, yeah. and they make a living criticizing comedy they're, they're legit comedy critics right that have that write blogs and there are guys that have web shows or, or like YouTube shows where they just criticize comedy. Right. And I actually welcome it because I think that that is just proving how big comedy has gotten Yeah, in that it's the same thing that athletes must've gone through their whole lives. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's guys that don't play the game Yeah, that don't like Stephen A. Smith never really been an athlete in his life. Right. I mean, maybe he was, I think yeah. he played basketball or something criticizing tom brady who's right. the greatest there ever was right exactly it's but it and so it's the same in comedy it's i know people that don't and music don't, it was like watching the grammys you know like yeah watching like this billy eilish win all this stuff and she even said like i know your fans are going to just hate on me for the end of time because you didn't win this like she said like yeah. you know lizzo and all the like all of your fans and she almost said it with kind of glee it was just like this is kind of the world we live in where 
you know, other people are going to shit on me, but my, because my fans, I mean, my fans are going to go to the death for me. And it's like, and comedy has kind of reached that kind of a level where it's crazy. I mean, when we were younger watching the Grammys, they never announced the comedy album of the year. Never. Never. And now it's like, you know, it's a big part of the night. Chappelle wins all of them, but he won every, the last three. <laughs> the last three. It's fucking insane. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, it, it is weird. Like, I remember as a kid, like going into a record store and the comedy section was this big. It was this one little tiny thing in the back. Like, nobody cared. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think it, it just has a, a bigger, a bigger place for sure. But the audiences are so huge too now. It's like everybody thinks that, comedy is for them so if you are a you know certain kind of person and so someone's comedy doesn't hit you well it's not supposed to really yeah you know what i mean if you're looking for something you know to hit you as a young teen or something like that well then you know brian Regan might not be for you <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean it's just kind of kind of the way it goes i, I guess. played mitchell for the, my daughters and my oldest was like is he on drugs I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, so he's just like a druggie? And I was like, well, no, he's right. She's like, we just sound stoned. And I was like, well, yeah. yeah. She's like, is he still alive? I said, no, he actually died from a drug overdose. She goes, so this is sad. I was like, no, it's not sad at all. And she goes, no, it's really sad, Dad. Wow. The guy was on drugs. He sounds like he's on drugs, and no one helped him. And I was like, well, you're wow, really, really taking the fun out of this wow. fucking joke. She's a smart one. About finger fucking the, to the national anthem, whatever yeah. his joke was. But my younger youngest daughter Isla was on the floor of the car, slid out of her chair laughing. Really? She was like, this guy is hilarious. Yeah. I was See, like, I was like, yeah. I, and George is just so literal. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I mean. It's it is such a subjective kind of thing. It always has been, but it, like you said, like for some reason, there's like it's a more important part of the culture now. Like where people are spending a lot of time taking it very seriously. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's crazy. I'm, someone had said to me the other day, they were like, uh, "So I said, I said I have to go to work tonight. I don't want to work." Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, that's right, you're a comedian." And I said, "Yeah," and they go, "So what job do you what What do you do at night?" i said i do comedy and they're like no you said you have to go to work i said yeah i do comedy they go oh, you get paid to do comedy and i was like bitch i fucking our kids go to the same school like right. who the fuck do you think's paying the bills my wife doesn't have a job what do you like in my head i was like i wanted to go oh i make so much more money than you you have no fucking idea but i, just, I had to sit there and go yeah i make i make yeah. living she's like and you can make like a good living doing that and i was like what fucking world do you live in? It's like, yeah, some people are millionaires. Yeah. It's so huge, though. I mean, isn't it crazy? Like, there are people that have no idea who, like, Russell Peters is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, like, there's, it's really kind of bizarre how somebody could be so huge to some audience and have another part of the culture have no idea who he is. Joe Coy sells out stadiums. Yeah. In the Philippines, in Dubai in Omaha. Yeah. He filled an arena, I want to say in Omaha, uh -huh. in Stockton. He's doing like 7,000 tickets in a night. Crazy. And then you, you say you say to like my wife's friends, who are, by the way, Filipino. Right. Do you ever know her to Joe Coy? Oh, no. Yeah. I'm like, how the fuck? How do you not? How do you not? <laughs> I know. And I, I wonder sometimes is that we're so in it. Yeah. That like we're aware of everyone. Right. Exactly. I'm always shocked when there's a yeah. comedian. Like when there's a comedian, this is going to sound very arrogant, but like there are some comics who don't know 
who comics are. I know. And you, I remember. I know. I'm, I was, and I, I'm always like, hang on. I know everyone that's a comic. Like, <laughs> right. I know. Always, and you always did. I always did. When you were a young comic, I, you knew everybody. I knew everybody. I know. There's a, there's a, there's a, if you work the cellar, yeah. you know, there's the comedy cellar. And then around the corner on third by crust from the blue note is where the village underground is and the fat black pussycat, two other clubs yeah. that they have. Right. So when you walk it, there's always a guy from a competing club on the corner with a clipboard trying to get people to those shows. Cause you know, cause it's not the cellar and they don't sell out. And every time you walk around the corner, they're like, you want to see like, there's certain comics and it's young comics that are with the clipboard. So they're either like, Hey, a free comment. Oh, sorry, Bert. Yeah. yeah. Have a good show. Or yeah. there's, Hey, you want to come to a comic? Come on, man. Where are you going? And you're like, <laughs> I'm Bert. <laughs> you know what I mean? Haven't you ever like when you walked into clubs and there's like a young comic working the door and they're like, and you're headlining <laughs> and they would be like, uh, oh. who are you, sir? Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> It is arrogant, but you should know you're a young comic. I knew it's every to know. fucking comic. Yeah. When I worked the door at the Boston Comedy Club, I were I knew everyone who did comedy. Everyone. I knew everyone. At every level. Yeah, because you really loved it. You really yeah. you really cared. I still know everyone. I mean, I feel like yeah. I, I mean there's like obviously I don't know a lot of open micers, but like I know like I always think this is really crazy. This is a I've I've thought this thought a couple times uh -huh. when I go, I still believe that guys like Scott Ackerman or like, um, uh, I'm trying to think of another name that's like bigger. Like I, I was shocked when Patton Oswalt knew who I was. Right. I was shocked. Uh -huh. <laughs> I walked in and I was like, hey man. He was like, hey Bert, I seem like I fucking see, yeah. see you on uh, uh, what was the app at the time every day. Right. And, I mean, I feel like I was down on your Alabama vacation and I was like, I was like, you know who I am? He's like, yeah, I'm a comedian. You're a comedian. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. And I went, oh, God. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. But I wonder if, like, I wonder if, like, Dave Chappelle knows who I am or Scott Aukerman, because I would assume they just don't. They like, do. Like, I don't, Scott Aukerman may not. No, but no, Scott's a comedy guy. He knows comedy. You think? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Like, because I know who he is. Yeah. But he, he, he just seems at a level of, like. I know. We always have that kind of feeling. Like, I would, I would be shocked. I know. If Dave Chappelle knew who, who I was. I I had two things. I got a compliment online after doing a set. It was like you know five years ago or something. A compliment from Tim Heidecker, from Tim and Eric, yeah. who was in the audience and said something really nice to me on social media. And Patton did the same thing. And I have been doing this a long time, but to know that those two, in my mind, super cool, very picky, comedy geniuses yeah had said something about i was just like so i was so elated i was i you know what i mean like i was yeah. so happy you don't think that people ever notice you you I, think oh, <laughs> especially he, the cool ones like that and i was oh like oh my god tim and eric think i'm funny <laughs> i was like telling my kids <laughs> you know what that's i mean a, that's a huge compliment huge huge but you always walk around feeling like well no but but then you walk around the pizza place and they're like tom they, they have no idea you're tom and, yeah. what, and you're, they're trying to get you to buy a ticket at the shitty comedy it's club. so funny uh jerry i followed jerry seinfeld when he was at the store, when he went back, I guess to the first time at the store, uh -huh. and he pronounced my name correctly, and I went, "I don't think he knows who I am." Uh -huh. And by the way, I'd, I think it would be better if he did not know who I was, because <laughs> I think that he would not enjoy my act. 
<laughs> I so, bet he knows too. See, that's the thing. Seinfeld, Patton, like these people are comedy people. Yeah. They and I kind of noticed that about even about him is like very keenly aware of who's doing what. Really? Oh, still. It's not like they're in a bubble. They're like yeah. they're a part of it. You know what I mean? I, I and I almost feel like you can't that's probably a lesson to be learned that you shouldn't ever let that go. Like if you want to be a relevant part of the community, you should always be that same thing that you were when you were 19 or 20, you know, like yeah. thinking of learning, learning about everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bet he knows you. He said my name correctly. And then I was like, I was, I, I, yeah. I, I would, I was, I was curious. <laughs> I would have loved to have had a camera, uh, just, I, because when i take my shirt off it's a really big response yeah and he was like uh put your hands together very funny guy uh burt kreischer and i come out, i go hey uh, great set and he was like oh thanks whatever and walked off and then i went out and ripped my shirt off and the place fucking exploded i would have loved to have seen him go what the fuck did he just do because <laughs> right. I, I, i'm in my head i'm like i know he doesn't know that i take my shirt off yeah. but then he went and walked around the corner i'm sure he's certain he saw me with my shirt right off and was like, <laughs> okay let's get the car started <laughs> I literally did old material, Tom. I was so embarrassed. I did old material. Like, I wanted yeah. to do well while I knew he was at least crossing through of the course, room. Of course, of course. And then I stopped and I go, he's out of the room, right? And they're like, yeah. And I, they're like, he walked straight out. And I went, all right, let's work on oh, the Oh, you asked? Stuff. Oh, yeah. I asked the audience. I said, he's, he's gone, right? And they're like, yeah, he walked straight through the room. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Uh, it all means so much, doesn't it? Because you care about it. You care about what you do. So, oh, yeah. And then you care about those people. So it's like, you know, you want yeah it's also important <laughs> well, i gotta get you out of here we, we've been going for i think two hours we did yeah 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 um the specials out it drops tuesday february 4th is that tuesday tuesday february 4th are they all on tuesday now yeah i think so good yeah they all come out on tuesdays right after the super bowl oh so if you're all right you're burt kreischer yes but you're tom papa Yes. And you are sitting there on Super Bowl so Sunday. Funny. That's so funny you said that. That's so funny you said that. The second you said it comes out of the Super Bowl, my marketing brain clicked over and I went, okay. Yeah. What do you do you on need social to make media? A rejected Super Bowl commercial that stars you. <laughs> uh huh. That you go, hey guys, it's Tom Papa. Listen, Netflix was supposed to air this commercial during the Super Bowl and it got pulled at the last minute. I'm not certain why. I'm just going to show it to you now. And then you drop that Monday. Drop it Monday or drop Sunday that, drop, during the Super Bowl. I would drop it. Sun, I think Monday's the day when they start talking about all the commercials, right? Yeah, probably. I would do it. I would do it. You can do it Monday or Sunday, but I would do a rejected well, and a, make it clearly rejecting. Like, that's great. First of all, this is brilliant. And yeah. and that you came up with it so fast is immediately crazy uh but yeah but that's a big thing when do you do it would you do it on the super bowl night or would you try and get the hit on monday monday everyone's talking about it that's like post grammys post oscars but you the could, super bowl has a big right everyone's online doing i'm i'm just throwing could, it out there i don't know uh, you could do it you run the risk of what goes viral super bowl sunday is the big super bowl commercial right if you drop it Monday and you go, guys, I am super bummed. I had, I would promote it. I would promote it. Um, hey guys, tomorrow, make sure all throughout the and all throughout the Super Bowl. Hey guys, if you see my Netflix commercial for my special, please That's... tag me. Please share it with your friends. I'm so excited. 
and then play into it and be like be like halfway through the Super Bowl and go, this must be it must be coming up at halftime. And then at the end of the Super Bowl go, I'm really upset, really heartbroken that they decided not to post my commercial. Don't worry, guys. I'm gonna see if I can get the footage and post it Monday. And then do a fucking guys, I I feel so embarrassed. I just want you to watch this commercial and then make the funniest non-arable commercial that like clearly they would never have aired it. I am doing I'm going to do exactly everything you just said. That's because I think that would be so funny. <laughs> really? Because everyone, so like, everyone would be like, oh, my God. And be like, yeah. guys, I'm super excited. Just do a post <laughs> Sunday morning on your Instagram. I'm super excited. Uh, Look for my, my Super Bowl special. My Super Bowl uh, commercial. They're, gonna, they're promoting my special. Netflix has bought, like, prime airtime. It's 30 seconds. If you guys can grab it, if you see it, tag me. I uh, love coming into the third quarter and being like, Oh, really thought it'd be during halftime, but <laughs> uh, guys, there's only two minutes left in the game. I'm I'm being serious and just and then get it trending where like people are like you were like, has anyone seen guys? Did I miss it? Did I miss it? <laughs> Hashtag Papa Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> and then Monday morning go. Wow, that was crazy. But but then but but what's wow. gotta be great. <laughs> The, the wow that was really disappointing <laughs> but at least i own the footage <laughs> at least i own the footage i'm airing it monday <laughs> that would be so but the 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 key is oh god the key is a really like you got to find something you got to shoot a commercial that is so that is clearly unairable like clearly <laughs> just breaks every yeah. fucking rule yeah that's the trick though because you don't want to be too i don't want to be too offensive no but you got you just got to find the right angle where you go oh, yeah. They, yeah. Like, it's clearly it's a joke yeah right exactly yeah or i'm totally naked <laughs> naked yeah <laughs> All right, I'll give it some thought, but I like. I'll think about it too. I, I'll think about it too and text you. Yeah, because now, now, see, this is the part. I tried to explain to somebody. This is the part I love. Is I is know. Just, my brain is chewing on it and yeah. going because because there's no bad idea, and you just go a workout. Is he working out with kettlebells? Right. Is it him doing all the stuff Rogan does? No, it can't be that. Is it you punt, boxing? Because Stephen A. Smith just had that video that went viral of him boxing uh, it shouldn't be that i keep going back to a big bowl of doritos yeah with doritos and tostitos and budweiser and all the brands around you <laughs> right. and, and you're and or i'm trying to think of like <laughs> every single brand yeah the um this <laughs> tuesday get like the the name yeah <laughs> you're doing great you're doing great <laughs> But like I, I, this is my favorite part, and and it, I think it's so funny because I know I, I like I, I've been trying to think of I wanted to shoot a video. I, I don't. I'll see how my video just did that I posted. I just shot a video. <laughs> to, I wanted to do one to promote the relaunch of the tour, like to like because uh -huh. I still have, I have a second show in uh, Burlington. Um, I have some tickets left in San Jose. Right. Um. So I go. I, I like to promote, like highlight those. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you are good at it. You you jump on it. That's why I said in the beginning, like you, it's but it's such a natural. I don't know. I mean, you just have it's a, such a natural thing to your act and your persona, and 
You know what I mean? Like I'm always squirreling away writing. Like I just, I'm in the middle of my book right now, like my oh. second book. And that's such an insular, you dive into it. I can't do that. It's not, I can't, here. I have a hard time with writing a book. I like to, I have found sometimes, I have found that if I turn the camera on, mm. I'll end up getting something. Right. Like I'll end up workshopping it into something silly and going, okay, this is the joke. This is right. Do you edit your stuff or is yeah, it? I edit all my stuff. You do. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing you're very good at because it doesn't, it always seems so, it just seems like you just captured it. No. Yeah. I, I edit it all. And um, I'm trying to think of one recently that we've done that I go, oh, I'm so glad I just started shooting that because there's in just shooting that we got something. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think. Oh, you know what's been really uh not to like not to like uh uh tip the hat of too many secrets. Uh-huh. You know what's been really good for me? Like I just did this thing and it's the same thing of if you just turn on the camera it starts happening. Yeah. This girl Emily Sears is her uh-huh. name, I guess. She blocked me on Twitter. I don't know why. And not that I really care, but like it was just odd. I I'm friends with one of her friends and so I was her I was reading her friend's timeline and then just said, this tweet will not come up. And I went, ooh, did she get beef with someone? And so I clicked the tweet and it said, no, you're blocked by Emily Sears. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's so funny. And so I just fucking around. I was like, wonder why I'm blocked. Like, I wish they had like a time, you know, it yeah. goes to writing a joke. You just try to write a joke about it. I go, I wish they had a timestamp of when you got blocked so you could figure out what you did. Right. And then I was like, I was like, that's crazy. And then I, and then I tweeted that and they're like, oh, someone wrote, oh, that's okay. Dot, dot, dot blocked me. And then I was like, oh, this is a fun game. Right. I go, who's the most famous person that blocked you? Uh-huh. And so I put Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons blocked me because I called him a cunt on Rogan's show, and I, and I don't like him. And so <laughs> and so I posted that, and then that went fucking huge for me. Really? Went so big, and then wow. BuzzFeed wrote an article about it, about who the f- most like people famous sharing. Because uh-huh. I retweeted a lot of people. And like if it was my friend, like D'Elia blocked someone, and I go, I side with D'Elia. I'm sure you were an asshole. Right. Like it was my friend, but. And just wrote jokes about it. You know what really I, I wow. I've been posting like picture like uh I posted myself in this outfit and I was like, I look like and those replies really kept traction. But I don't know. That's what I've been doing a lot of that. Do you lately. reply to the replies? I don't read comments. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> on Instagram. I do not read comments on Instagram because they're all Bert's fat, Bert's racist, Bert's it's all really? the, yeah, 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 really? yeah, 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 yeah. What's well, the joke Tom has is that to call me racist. Oh, really? And so and it, I, I don't find it funny. And so <laughs> Because you end up terrible. having to defend it right. in real life. People are like, they say you're racist online. You're like, I'm not. It's a joke. And they're like, I don't see the humor. I go, I don't see the humor either. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. But um, That's but funny. yeah, if you just start, I'm trying to think, like if you just start shooting it, it shows up and then something funny will happen. Like, like Isla, I'm trying to think of the, I'm trying to think of an exact example. Yeah. But um. Yeah, you got it. But does most of that stuff go in your story rather than your I shoot a feed? lot more stories than in my feed. Yeah, a lot. Like I the put feed a, is like this is something that is a little more pretty, special. Yeah, a little. I've I've edited it. I put some music yeah, to it. Right. Um, I like. <laughs> I love having good music to it. Like I, one of my favorite ones. One of my favorite promo videos I ever did was just so silly. It was um, it was uh my daughter operating a drone me holding an american flag my other daughter having a leaf blower so the american flag was blowing and my wife spraying misting water on me and i'm and, and it just played uh rambling grambling man by bob Seeger, and the drone just pulled back slowly and and 
I didn't mean for it to, but it just revealed my wife and daughter doing their activities, which <laughs> oh, I was remember that. I remember so that. much funnier. Weren't you in the pool or something? No, no, I was in the front yard. Oh, in the front yard. At the very front of our house, which right. is super recognizable. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I, I sometimes if you turn the camera on, those will just happen. Right. Right. Um, or like that's funny. Or like just doing, just turning a camera on and doing a read, and then have your kids in the background, and they <laughs> right. will fuck it up somehow. Right. And it makes it funnier. <laughs> yeah, Do they like could. being in your stuff? Uh, mm, I don't know. My one, my I don't use them at all. Yeah. And my fourteen-year-old wants to be in them very badly. Oh. You got to do one with her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She really wants to. Yeah. I can't stop thinking about what your Super Bowl commercial should be. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You really have a marketing mind. Greatest. Me. Oh, uh... It's. <laughs> it was. It was. It's so unlike you. And this is probably the wrong idea, but the right direction. Yeah. The wrong idea <laughs> is uh, this Tuesday. Tom Papa puts all comedians in their place. Dave Chappelle can suck my dick. <laughs> he is the best man out there, and he will prove it. Jerry Seinfeld's fucking no, it's just like he's just trashing. Like clearly, clearly, they would never do a commercial where they just destroyed all the comedians. Just. <laughs> Segura, I don't get it. I don't get it. When he sees my special, he's gonna bow to the king like Jon Snow. Like That's just, pretty funny. It's just, it's just totally not like just something that they would. Ne I I don't know. Yeah. I'll be thinking about it all day. Right. Oh, this is good. I really, you should. I I want to hire you to to do my marketing. I, I can do, I can do that so much easier sometimes for other people. I know where I go like. Right, um, where you see, what was I, I? What was the one I had for Tom? I had the best one. My best one ever was for Joe. I wanted Joe to do this, and he just didn't have the time. I, I don't think he had the time. I also don't think he liked the idea. No. But um, I wanted to do. I said, "Can I please come to your house and shoot a promo for your special?" It was right when Hannah Gadsby had blown up, and <laughs> oh, I said, no. "I just want to recreate her intro to her special <laughs> yeah. of you unlocking the door. Your dog jumps up. You make a." a kale shake instead of a cup of tea right. and then you turn to the camera you go my name's joe rogan and i'm quitting comedy after this special <laughs> unless of course it does well in which case i'll just be going to bigger venues <laughs> <Right>. enjoy <laughs> but yeah like uh there yeah i can be do good. it better easier for other people sometimes sometimes i sit and get in my own head about yeah i know it isn't weird it's weird how you can see other people so clearly like i yeah. can see like a friend of mine and be like oh you're totally this guy and they're like what i who am I? And like yeah. for yourself, you can't see what other people are thinking that as clearly. Yeah. I, I, it's, but in social media, it kind of lets you create that. Yeah. Be my marketer. <laughs> I would, I would love to just, I would love, I mean, I guess I wouldn't love it, but I would love to just have a marketing firm for comics or like comics. I had like a, a group of comics that they'd, I just worked for and then they just came into the office and yeah. like, Hey, we're here to shoot something today, and you're like, great. And then you, right. like, you you have your team where you just kick around ideas. Yeah, oh my I would God. love that. I would, I would have God. so much fun making those videos. I know you would. I would, because I, I, you know, I love trailers. Uh -huh. I love. I can watch trailers <laughs> all, all fucking. Day. I like trailers more than I like movies. Yeah, that's funny to do it like a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <Boop>. <laughs> shoot, I'll be thinking about. <laughs> <boop>. <laughs>
<laughs> Jerry Seinfeld's a boop. <laughs> Hannah who? Boop. <laughs> What's wrong with white men? Boop, I'm Tom Boop Papa. And everyone else can suck my boop. You want to see privilege? I'll show you privilege. <laughs> Just after me pontificating about my positivity. <laughs> <laughs> What does this have to do with my special? <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Super I like the timing boy. of it, though. I like that whole idea of that part's really funny because oh. it gives me something to post all during the Super Bowl. Hey guys, yeah. I thought it was going to be at the beginning, but halftime. It's got to oh. be halftime. <laughs> That's I'll I will tweet along with that in a heartbeat. Yeah, that'll be so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that'll be so much fun. <laughs> yeah, make an event out of it. That's so great. My uh, special. Will you bleep this out? My special drops. Oh, cool. Bleep this out too. Right. So. Right. I They came to me and told me that day when I shot, when the night I was shooting my special, they're like, what do you think if we dropped yours then? Uh-huh. And I went, um, that's only my favorite time ever. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you may need to take all of that out because I don't know when we can announce that. Right, right. But uh, you may need to take this out too. Coming up with the idea is almost it's actually probably more fun than even executing the idea. I love coming up with the ideas. Right. Right. And I think it's why I love this part of this tour is like yeah. the writing of it. Like yeah. when you're starting from scratch, you got to build a new hour. I love writing an hour way more than I do performing an hour. Right. Like I hate when towards the end of the tour, when you're just fine tuning it, I'm yeah. like, and you're, it's locked in. Yeah. And, and I get yeah. bored with it. I go, come on, man, let's just write something new. Cause you're not creating anymore. You're just yeah. performing. That's why I was like, I don't even know. I'll probably, I think I'm going to do something. I'm doing this crazy uh, run in, I think, September, Uh October, September, uh, fucking Singapore, Hong Kong, Bangkok, uh, like all the way around the world that way. Whoa. Ending in Moscow. Wow. I don't really care. But, uh, but, um, and so I'm thinking about shooting a series with that. Yeah, or shooting a special throughout there, right? But but m- making it okay and sloppy and letting it, yeah, yeah. you know, that would be a cool road and thing. just have fun. Because you've seen a lot of, you've never seen one going through that area. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. But uh, that's really good. Yeah, I wish I, I right. wish I, I wish I had more. I'm gonna keep picking your brain. Please, you're too valuable. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you're so fu- you're one of the best out there. Thanks, I mean, man. You legit are like everyone's favorite comic and so it's i'm i'm dude it's an honor that i get to hang out with you in my man cave for a couple hours and do a podcast so great we've been talking about this forever oh i could (laughs) by the way i don't even know if my podcast is good i know it's what i like talking about (laughs) (laughs) i just hope the people that like it too like (laughs) my buddy dan adler called and he was like you're sometimes your podcast is really inside baseball (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) i was talking I did a podcast last week with Steve Trevino where we talked about ticket prices. <laughs> right. <laughs> he talked yeah. at nauseum yeah. for like 30 minutes about $20 tickets versus $35 tickets versus papered route. Like it was like, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Does anyone listen to this and go, hey man, we don't sell tickets. <laughs> right. I think they like hearing it. Oh, I think it's good. Well, hey, congratulations, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for helping spread the word. And obviously, I'll post whatever you want me to post on Tuesday and help. Blow yeah, up for the sure. Numbers. Go like all my Instagrams. I will. I'll share them. Does right that now. help if you say, if you like a clip, then it, more people like the clip? I think, yeah. I think if you get big people to like clips, it goes into 
like uh, bigger timelines. Oh yeah, and, and then it starts going where people can find it easier. Oh. so yeah, that's why I, I'm always like people's clips. All right, go like mine and see. Let's see what I happens. I can't wait to for your Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> I can't either. I can't wait for you to finish. I'm gonna start the. I can't wait for you to right finish now. the idea. <laughs> I'm gonna. We're, we'll start. We'll start. Let's start the trend now, and I'll just be like, we're doing the podcast, but I'll post this, and then people will. They people now will hear right but they will have seen it and gone oh shit that's how he did it they won't know right yet well is, i think is this going to drop after this will drop uh on the day your special drops right oh, that okay. evening gotcha 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 yeah. <laughs> right. dude this is fucking crazy this man right here hey everybody not only has a netflix special dropping next tuesday but more importantly yeah. and this is crazy yeah but this is way my he has a super bowl commercial that Netflix is airing. Whew. It's a big deal. What's that? It's a big deal. Yeah, it's a really big deal. So make sure to watch Super Bowl and see the commercial for his Netflix special. Uh, you're doing, you're doing, you're great. doing great. Airing during the Super Bowl. Congratulations, Tom. Thanks, man. Crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I'm already, Bert. already having fun. I love you, brother. Thank you. I love you too. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.